With the new iPhone SE for less than 100 bucks at Metro, you rule. It's the most affordable iPhone on the number one brand in prepaid. So whether you're studying online or FaceTiming. Hey, Mom. Hi, dear. The iPhone SE has all you need. Switch to Metro and get the iPhone SE for $99.99 after rebate redemption and six months of service with AutoPay. Metro by T-Mobile. Rule your day. Limit one per account slash household. Requires port and ID validation. Not valid for numbers currently on the T-Mobile network or active on Metro in past 90 days. Restrictions apply. See store for details. What's going on, everybody? It is Friday night. Don Tony Show, July 31st, 2020. Thank you, as always, for tuning in. Much love. I think we're going to have a really uh, good show. When do we not have a good show? But I think, you know, the integration of this week in wrestling history has been a little bit of a challenge. I think we were on the right path last week, and we'll continue it out today. Um, the ending of SmackDown uh, <laughs> brought back memories of yours truly. Not that I had monsters sticking their fingers in my mouth, but some of you out there may remember a long time ago with the idea of Sister Abigail. And way back when, I thought a cracked up Caitlyn. And I don't mean crack like a drug addict, but just like really disheveled Caitlin would have been a good example, you know, for her, uh, for the Sister Abigail. But then I thought of somebody else. And I don't know if anybody out there remember maybe about two years ago, somebody that I pitched a few times. And I saw the feedback right before I went live. Saw the feedback on social media before I went live. I did not see one person tweet this person's name. And I know a lot of you out there are all focused on Alexa Bliss joining Bray Wyatt as Sister Abigail, but hey, hey, what about Nikki Cross? You know, I told, I, it was my idea two years ago. Think about it. Nikki Cross stabs her friend in the back, joins up with The Fiend. You have The Fiend and Nikki Cross, Braun Strowman and Alexa Bliss. Now, I don't work for WWE. I don't write for WWE. So I can't tell you how you go from here to here. But I think it would be an interesting twist. Alexa Bliss, I know a lot of you out there feel that she's better as a heel than a babyface. Um, but it just feels like WWE is really stubborn on pushing her again as a babyface. And if they're going to factor her in on the Braun Strowman storyline, 
I kind of like Nikki Cross going to the dark side. Nikki Cross under the spell of Bray Wyatt. I don't know what you all think about that, but hey, we'll see what happens. But, you know, other than the end, somebody said Santana Garrett. You know, shout out to, look, we don't like to make fun of dementia. You know, maybe the old Don Tony would have joked a little bit about it, but somebody wrote something in the chat room tonight. I actually got a little chuckle about it, even though it's dementia. You imagine if SmackDown was live right now and Vince, because a lot of people think he's starting to lose a couple of marbles upstairs. You imagine if he just like goes on the stage and just enters like down the rampway and then he realizes where, you know, and then he just like goes back to the back. You know, I, I know like, <laughs> but I'm just thinking it in my head. I could just picture, picture that. So, but anyway, by the way, did, did you like Big E's entrance today, rolling down the rampway? I, I, I actually got a kick out of that. Big E uh, having, uh, you know, look, he's had solo matches in the past. Let's not act like we never saw Big E in a solo match before. But Big E, this is his first match as a singles guy. I mean... You know, when he first came in, you know, there, there there really wasn't much going on with him. And then they put him with Dolph and he was with AJ. And then they had the storyline with Caitlyn. Never thought I'd mention Caitlyn twice on one episode. But I tell you, I love how they use Big E tonight. I was afraid. I was afraid that they were going to stick to the usual format when somebody gets a push, especially a big, massive guy. You know, Miz getting squashed in two, three minutes. We've seen it happen to Morrison. We've seen it for Braun Strowman matches. We've seen it for, you know, you go down the list. Eric Rowe and Ryback. I mean, just squash, 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 squash. I like that the match was very competitive. But more than that, I love the fact that they're having Biggie use the stretch muffler as the finisher. Now, a lot of you know the move is the stretch muffler. Bet you a lot of you forgot that Naomi, for a little while, used that same finisher about five years ago. But I will always remember it as the Brock Lock. And if you don't know what that is, go on YouTube, just Google Brock Lock, you know, search, and you'll see. I like I like it because, sure, Biggie could have just done a power move, like a slam, a power slam or something, and then pin somebody. But when you're that strong and that massive, you want to use your strength to squeeze the life out of somebody. So I absolutely love that they went with the submission mover, maneuver for Big E. Um, very, very good show. Danielson says, just got paid. Uh, show is better than Raw. Oh, yeah. You know, look, you look at the matches tonight. And we'll get into it a little more detail in a few minutes. But if you look at the matches, let me, let me read the matches from tonight. AJ Styles over Grand Metalik, King Corbin over Drew Gulak, Big E over The Miz, Naomi over Lacey Evans, and Bailey over Nikki Cross. No disrespect to those wrestlers. But if that was the advertised card and WWE was coming to my block, not even my neighborhood or my town or my state, my block, I probably would be like, uh, you know, uh, maybe if you give me a backstage pass and you know, I could bring my little nephew and he could meet, you know, all the people. Uh, that is not 
the formula for ratings. Um, Vince McMahon, interesting conference call. Uh, I guess I'll spend two minutes on it. I know a lot of people out there are writing essays and novels about this conference call. I, I, I know when I take shots at other people, I become a lone wolf. You see it every time I plug my work here on YouTube. I invite anybody to go out there. What school do you go to? When midnight, when is midnight? Be warned, DT, be warned, DT. You know, I, I, I have to remind myself too. Maybe I was seeing something, you know, unfortunately I switched from YouTube TV to Sling TV and I don't have DVR like while the shit is live so I couldn't rewind it. But correct me if I'm wrong, but when Sonia Deville was beating the, the balls off of Mandy Rose, um, did she actually slap her fucking leg when she kicked Mandy Rose? Remind me, note to oneself, when I finally unleash my revenge on some people next year, remind myself to slap my leg while I'm doing so. Come on, man. Seriously? You know, I'm not, I know I'm nitpicking. I thought the segment with Sonya Deville and Mandy Rose was excellent. Excellent. But, you know, the, the idea of slapping your leg while you're kicking someone in that, you know, suspension of disbelief, I thought that was just ridiculously stupid. I know a lot of you are going to say, oh, DT, you're nitpicking. Well, you know what? I like to nitpick because the more perfect something is, the better something is. Plain and simple. You know, if you let a little carelessness in, you let more carelessness in. I mean, you want to go a little bit more nitpicking. Go back and watch when Miz and Morrison were cracking their jokes. And while they're cracking their jokes to Kayla Braxton, I want you just to just to look at, at Otis. Otis, Mandy's in the corner. She's got red lipstick all over her face, all over her hair. She just got the pants beat out off of her. And Otis is like kneeling next to her. He's got his hand on her hand. And while they're cracking the jokes, all you see Otis is doing this. I got to take my glasses off of this. He does this. What is it, bobblehead? And then, and then, and then, after they finished their jokes, after Miz and Morrison blew their load, wiped their penis, washed it, put their pants on, were ready to leave the room, that's when you got Otis's partner. Get out of here! Get out of here! Get out of here! No problem. I already, I already cleaned up. That's it. I'm out of here. Nah, no problem. That's me nitpicking. Maybe you're not that much of a nitpicker, but shit like that annoys the hell out of me because these are grown adults, not only wrestling and doing performing, but these are people writing this stuff. And I know, you know, it's not supposed to be over, you know, you're not supposed to overthink things, but you know, come on, you see little things like that. If I notice it, you all notice it as well. Oh, W. Thank you, my friend. He got the Billy and Chuck photo today. Look, I always give out what I say I'm going to give out. And we're going to do a contest tonight. 
I don't know if you're going to like the prize. I, I have a box of about 200 autographed cards. I literally pulled about five out of the box. And I said, I'll give away one tonight. And I randomly just pulled the, 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 the cards out of the box. So honestly, let me ask everybody out there. How many of you, now it's limited to 50. So it's got to be worth something. But how many of you out there would love to win this Baron Corbin autograph card? Baron Corbin, you know, King Corbin, the King's Ransom. And by the way, the stuff with Shorty G tonight, I like it. But honestly, I know a lot of people out there are tweet banging right now about Shorty G churning heel. Oh, let's call him Chad Gable again and blah, 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 blah. Yeah, I agree. Let's call them Chad Gable again. But... <laughs> Should we should we toss it? Should we toss it for real? I mean, I I can't stand this guy so much. Seriously, I I I really I I think I should just break it live on the air. I don't know. Do I have pliers over here? I don't know. I don't know if we have pliers over here. I don't think so. But I don't have pliers. I don't have pliers. I'm trying to break it. You know what I should just do? You know what I should just do? Instead of, why don't I just unscrew the card, right? Let's just unscrew the card. I, I'm almost breaking my desk over here. Baron Corbin autographed card. Made me waste a holder. Nobody wants you, Baron Corbin. Sayonara. Fuck him. All right. Um, what about, all right, I think these will be a little bit better. What about a CM Punk autographed UFC card or... Anaya Jack's kiss card that's actually her lipstick on a kiss card or maybe uh Kevin Owens signed gold card you get to choose one of those three so and these are all in awesome condition I even have this one limited to 50 so I just pulled like five cards out of the thing so you know what if, if the winner doesn't want any of those has about like three shirts you choose any promotion. You could choose any podcaster. You want to piss me off, you could choose other podcasters, you know, for shirts. I could care less. I'll give you the choice. You could have either one of those Nia Jax cards or the Kevin Owens or the CM Punk, or you get three shirts. Your choice. We'll do that a little bit later. I will give everybody a little hint right now to think about. The trivia contest tonight is for everybody tuning in live. And this is a quick synopsis of this week in wrestling history, okay? That is what we're going to cover later. I will tell you right now that the trivia question has to do with something that you see on this screen. Now, when I say that, if, if like, let's, for example, you see Vince McMahon on the left, all right? Obviously, that photo is because this week in history, they did that thing with Vince Loves Cock and all that stuff. So the trivia question would obviously, if I was going to choose that, would have to do with that night. I'm not going to tell you what college did Vince McMahon go to. Anything you see on this screen, the question will have to do with what you see on that screen. It'll be something from there. I honestly think it's rather easy. And, you know, I think I just fucking closed it by accident. Let's pull that back up. There you go. All right. So we'll do that a little bit later. Um, so, unfortunately, the Baron Corbin card limited to 50. So you know what we find out now? Baron Corbin, that limited to 50 card, there's, there's only 49 left in this world. Seriously. 
So maybe maybe one day he becomes like president and it's worth like a million dollars. And then somebody will go back to 80-year-old Don Tony and say, oh, you stupid bastard. 49 other people have a, a card worth crazy-ass money in me. I got, I don't even know where it is. So, But I still got a holder. It didn't break. So, ah, oh, man. Oh, well, yeah, Landstorm, we'll, we'll definitely mention Landstorm a couple of times later. So anyway, what I was saying with Shorty G before is I like what they did, but if you ask my opinion, do I see Shorty G a heel for the foreseeable future? My, my immediate instinct is next week on SmackDown, Shorty G versus Matt Riddle. Matt Riddle defeats Shorty G, and then Baron Corbin gets angry at Shorty G for not beating Matt Riddle and for not taking him out, and then Shorty G ends up back as a babyface. I think this lasts for a week or two. It's Shorty, I'm in need of a few Gs. You know, that's how I look at it. Could have been, could be more. Not saying that it's not going to be more, but my immediate reaction is, Shorty, I could use a couple of Gs. He ain't going to win. Corbin is going to turn on him. That's how a lot of these ransom storylines went years past. You'd have a baby face that tees a heel turn, wants to collect that bounty. Unsuccessful, the person with the bounty, you know, starts beating up the person who attempted. So I, I, I don't see it lasting. So all these people that are tweet banging this tonight, I think they're just looking for conversation. I think it's a lonely Friday night for a lot of people out there. It's a lonely Friday night for yours truly. Uh, eBay says that that car was $13. Oh, nobody missed anything, seriously. $13? Was that his rookie card? Holy shit. We got glue? Was that seriously his rookie card? Where the hell did it go? It like, oh, here it is. Was this really? Oh shit, it was his rookie card. I still got the signature though. Could we keep, maybe use this? I don't know, you think I get maybe half? Six dollars, you know? Maybe four, two, one, 50 cents, a quarter, Nine ninety nine. Uh Anyway, so I thought SmackDown today was entertaining but when you got Vince McMahon on a conference call and I don't know if you all heard the conference call but you know you had some people asking some decent questions you know NXT and AEW seem to have handled COVID a lot better why not Raw or Smackdown then they talked about revenue they talked about Paul Heyman they brought up uh, Saudi Arabia they brought up a lot of topics and I'm not going to sit here and bore you with 15 minutes worth of analysis. I, I will tell you two or three things that caught my eye out of this, all right? Um, and thank you, Darren. Thank you. I appreciate the kind words. Um, Vince McMahon, they, and, and I'm going to say this very quickly, and we'll move on. Again, like I was saying before, when I criticize other podcasters, other websites, and I don't call them out by name, I become a lone wolf. Every time you see me publicizing the shows that I do over here, I, I say this off and on quite a bit. Just take note of all my so-called friends that never, ever, to this day, 
ever plugged any of my stuff. I don't ask. I shouldn't have to ask. But you, when you see that repeatedly, 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 that, that tells you something. And I'm a subscriber to Meltzer. I've been for years and years and years. I'm a supporter of Vince Russo. I subscribe to his patrons as well. I'm one of those rare breeds that follow multiple people. But I'm going to say something that does offend a lot of people out there. WWE just released their second quarter earnings of 2020. And they quadrupled their profits. I'm not exaggerating. That's not clickbait. They quadrupled it. If their profits last year was $12 million, for this quarter it was $48 million. They quadrupled their profits. So right away, I go on social media, and if you remember what I said back when the releases occurred, I felt bad for a lot of the wrestlers who got released. Felt bad to the point that I gave cameo money to five people who were released from WWE. One is rehired. And it was just, I took money that I raised from here, you know, money I had from other things I do, and I wanted to give back a little bit. Everybody was like, oh, buy the shirts, buy the shirts, buy the shirts, buy the shirts, support your favorite wrestler, buy the shirt, buy And I was like, I don't see anybody fucking buying any of our shit. You know, everybody's struggling out there. But I didn't do it all at the same time, but a little bit at a time, I, I sent Cameo money. And... So the reason why I'm bringing it up is because I legitimately felt bad for a lot of people that got released. But I also reminded everybody out there that this is a business. It's a publicly traded company and we're in the middle of COVID. And the one thing that is so unpopular that nobody on social media will ever write it because nobody would ever like it, all right, is when you're a company that travels state to state, town to town, country to country, like the circus. Let's use the circus, for example, all right? The circus, you got 10 elephants, you got two giraffes, you got eight monkeys, you got, you know, 10 people on the trapeze, you got two, pe two women with three heads in this, this and that. And you have all of these people because you tour all year long. Then COVID strikes. And now you're forced to just be in one little clown tent. Are you going to turn around and you're going to say, well, you know, New Japan didn't let go any of their clowns. Oh, Ring of Honor didn't release any of the horses. Oh, MLW didn't fire any of their orangutans. But WWE releases all these people and they quadruple their profits. When MLW, New Japan, Ring of Honor, and anyone else has the revenue and the profit that WWE does, then you talk to me. The problem is too many people think with this and not think with this. They, they don't need this gigantic roster right now. It's not about principle. Investors are not going to say, you know, uh, I, I really want to buy Apple. I really want to buy... Um, MCI, are they even open anymore? I, I really want to buy Sony, but you know, I just got to give credit to Vince for not f firing any of his wrestlers and kept all 95 of them on the roster, even though they only needed 11 during COVID. So I'm going to buy their stock. Did you notice on the investor call, the question nobody asked? Nobody asked Vince, Vince, 
you quadrupled your profits. Was it necessary to let all these 30 some odd people go? You notice how investors never asked that question? The only people asking the question are people that don't even have paper routes for jobs. They'll tweet you that they're an ambassador for the, for the universe. They'll tell you that they're, you know, former, you know, uh, executives of a company that never existed. Only the non-business people, only the people that have no success, they'll tweet success, but they have no success. What success? I, I'm just pointing that out. Investors didn't ask the question, but you go on social media and all the non-business people, oh, I, I need 48 million, oh, we released. And even and the people were paid until July. So that doesn't even include that quarter. So their releases didn't even affect. This is why they don't have jobs. Imagine, imagine, you take any of your favorite podcasters out there tweeting this nonsense. Just picture them walking into a bank that has 12 tellers, all right? And let's say he buys the bank. He's got 12 tellers, now COVID strikes. And he's only got a couple of people that come into the bank a day. He only gets six to 10 people coming into the bank a day. Oh, said we'll count the people around ringside. Let's say 20, all right? Now the guy says, look, why am I paying 12 tellers? I only need three. We have COVID. We may not be able to do anything till the end of the year. I only need three. No, 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 no. Remember, 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 you're not supposed to release anybody. You know, it's the right thing to do. I sound like fucking that Martian from the Bugs Bunny cartoon. No, seriously, how stupid are these people? I mean, really, how stupid are they? WWE does not need, and I'm not defending WWE. I don't like a lot of the business tactics. Again, I felt bad for people that got released. But business is business. And if investors are not concerned about it, and the stock price keeps going higher, you'll get, who are you going to trust? An investor? The company that's worth a billion? Or the, the nice-sounding podcaster or the well-written fucking blogger that has no job? that won't even try to get a job, but it'll bitch all day long, they got no money. No wonder why you got no money. I wouldn't hire you to the fucking play this. I bought that because Kyrie saying by, you know, and she's gone now. So, you know, that's a shame. I know a lot of you out there really appreciated her work, you know, Follow her work in Japan. Never say never about her returning to WWE. Um, she did great. Uh, obviously, there was limitations, and there was a lot of things that we wanted to see happen to Kyrie Sane that did not happen. I think back to the original May Young Classics, and we were talking about some of the stars that we said, keep these people on your radar, and she was one of them. So... Uh, you know, so that that's really all I have to say about the whole conference call and the earnings report. You know, you could bring up any promotion you want. They didn't release people. Good for them. Good for them. So when they file for bankruptcy, we could say it's just like Asuka not winning the women's title. Well, they were noble. You know, they, they did the right thing. 
you know, they could sleep at night. No, you think people want to go out of business, but hey, I just kept giving money to people, kept giving money to people, even though they couldn't work in area because it just, I look good. I look good. It, you cannot, you cannot pay attention to these people online. I know this is goof-free month and it's not officially August 1st yet, so I'm not going to use the G word, but yeah, yeah, nah. It's smart business. Once COVID is over and once WWE can tour again, you will see them signing more people. That is without question. But Vince McMahon in this conference call, now I just defended WWE. Now I ripped them because when they brought up ratings declining and interest, Vince actually thinks that the reason more than anything, is not having live fans in attendance. They brought up Paul Heyman, and he really didn't want to talk about Paul Heyman. If you actually listen to the, don't read the recaps, if you actually listen to this conference call, you could pretty much picture Vince, the best way I could describe it is you're about to go take a shit, all right? You got a, you got a phone that has no mute button. You got to take a shit. You got diarrhea bad. And you're about to go into the bathroom and take a dump and your phone rings. And it's your significant other. And you let it go to voicemail and you're about to go pull your pants down and the phone rings again and the phone rings again and you really gotta go bad. So you answer the phone and you try to hold it in and as you're doing that, you're like, hi, what's going on? Yeah, 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 no, 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 no problem. Uh, yeah, no, no, that's fine. That's fine. Whatever you want. You know, just clean out my bank account. You could just buy it. You just want to say whatever is needed to get off the fucking phone so you could pull your pants down and go. That's what Vince sounded like. Vince sounded like that he wanted to take a shit. And he was in such a rush that he was just answering the questions quickly, vaguely. And if you hear him. You know, a couple of years ago, it was, well, we have to build stars. We have to build new stars. Um, yeah, B building what? Grand Metalik? After all these years, Grand Metalik? I don't think so. I don't think so. Vince, honestly, you listen to that conference call. Everybody is, a, is mortal. Vince is like God for us lifelong wrestling fans that were wrestling fans going back to the 70s, the 80s. Sure, you know, and a lot he's done a lot of things that have been very questionable over the years and some people actually hate him. I respect that. And he is larger than life for yours truly and I will ever be indebted for all of the entertainment that he has uh, helped provide over the years. Obviously the people in the ring are the ones that obviously I give the most credit to. But the thing is, is that everybody, when they get older, sooner or later becomes mortal. Sooner or later, you start losing a little bit of your faculties. Vince McMahon, you know, he might be a genetic freak and he might have genetic grapefruits or whatever it is, but he is up there in age. And when they did that storyline where uh, Triple H was crying, this was when CM Punk won the belt and then left. They relieved Vince of his duties, and Triple H was crying. I was doing my shows at the time, too. So, And I said, it felt symbolic.
it felt like he's not out yet, but this is the beginning of the end of Vince McMahon as, you know, the head of creative. <laughs> Look at all the years later, and he's still fucking doing it. They should have made the changes back then. And they didn't. I don't... I don't know how many more years Vince has on this earth. I don't know how many more years Vince will continue being the one behind creative. But I will say, as an older wrestling fan, he has really lost touch with what's going on in this world. What he's what's going on in the world of entertainment. Triple H, he revealed, does give input for Raw or SmackDown. But it's not enough. It's not enough. Vince McMahon, he's one of those people, and you might have heard me say this before, somebody who starts getting older, you, you might have had a relative that has done this. My father is perfect example. This. My father, I, I God bless him. I love him to death. I got to shoot some live video when I go see him again on Tuesday. This motherfucker is still working on fixing how his house, still working on plumbing, on ladders. This guy's got crushed vertebrae in his back. You look at his pants, it looks like he's got no ass. His body is starting, but he will not stop. He's one of these people that I know for a fact, because he's pretty much said it, that as long as they're moving around, as long as they're still active, they're fine. The minute... And you know, I'm not talking about vacations for a week because my mom and my dad once in a while do go away for a week. I'm not saying that. But when if he were to kick his feet up and just take a step back and relax for you know the foreseeable future, everything will shut down. He will probably feel like shit. He'll probably be in crazy pain. I know some of you out there may have felt this with the COVID. You know, not being able to go out, not being able to do the things you want to do. But Vince seems like he's one of those persons that if he just sits back, watches his grandchildren grow up, has so much money he could buy his own island. And not only could he buy his own island, he could probably even creatively write it where, you know, they could like make, you know, his fa grow his favorite fucking, you know, foods. Grow me some pizza. You know, this guy will not stop. And I don't think you could force him out either. I don't think you could force him out. So, you know, when you listen to the conference call, I invite everybody out there to do so. When you hear it, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. I wish him well, and I thank him for everything. But WWE is getting worse and worse and worse. And it blows me away something that you never saw in WWE up until a few years ago. You know, everybody nice, put on a suit, everybody's professional, inside the ring, outside the ring, quiet, you know, doing the right thing. And you have people on social media bashing their own employer. You have people on social media taking shots at fellow workers, and it's not always storyline. I could tell you in all of the years, I yes, when the click ran the show back then, there were a lot of wrestlers that couldn't stand them. WCW, when Hall, Nash, Hogan, and everything ran the show, a lot of wrestlers could not stand them. 
but you didn't have people verbally while under employment, you know, just bashing and criticizing. And I'm telling you, it's uh, it's not good. It's not good. It's there is no magic bullet out there, everybody. There is no magic. You know, the you look at AEW, and I'm just being very, you know, fantasy right now. I'm a fan of AEW. People get pissed I cover their show more than I cover NXT on Wednesdays. Yeah, okay. But let's be honest here. You know, is there anybody from AEW that if they showed up on Raw Monday night unannounced, what's he doing here? You think you're going to pop fours in the ratings? You think you're going to pop threes in the ratings? They don't even tell you three-point blah or two-point blah anymore. Now it's just viewers. Something that you never saw back in the day. And you know where that started? That started with Impact Wrestling. Impact Wrestling, TNA Impact, when it transitioned to Impact Wrestling and that global farce tied in with it for a little while, the ratings were getting so low that they didn't want, the, the websites that supported them didn't want to say 0.3 demographic, 0.0. Trust me, I remember some uh, Spanish wrestling shows where the rating was so low that they had in the rating 0.0. So what they stopped doing when Impact Wrestling was instead of saying 0.4, why do you think I used to say uh, when they did the Aces and Eights storyline? I called them the aces and 0.8s. I had a shirt made up for aces and 0.8s because their ratings went all the way down to 0.8. The aces and eights did not debut in the 90s, and it's not that long ago. So it went down to 0.8, 0.6, 0.4, 0.3. And those websites, because they get a little hand jobs under the table as well, it it, it was embarrassing to 0.2. So what they started doing was they started giving the viewership. And if you go back and you look at ratings history, you'll see even that time, Raw did 3.1. SmackDown did 2.7. Impact Wrestling did 118, well, not that low, it does, 418,000 viewers. And I remember back then, I'm like, all right, why is this 3.1, 2.8, and only 400, why are they... And you realized, and now that's what they do across the board. Plain and simple. So, anyway, um, let's get into uh, SmackDown a little bit. Get into some wrestling news. I got the oh, I got the quarterly hour ratings for AEW and NXT. We didn't do it last week because it came in late. Not only do I have last week's, but I have this week's also. I will go through them rapido, rapido. Rapido. I, I, this guy that, that I know, he's Spanish, and he cuts the grass outside, you know, me, rapido, rapido. I'm going to do it rapido. Uh, but when I do get into the quarter hour ratings, you're going to be surprised on some of the segments that were the lowest and some that were really trending low. Let's just say that after paying attention to these quarter hour ratings, and I want to see what happens next week with Darby Allen and John Moxley, because if the quarter-hour rating is as low as or close to what it was this week, 
more and more I start thinking, MJF could possibly be the next AEW heavyweight champion. Not sure yet. Not sure yet. Darren calls me. I love when I do that. I'm waiting for the first person. I, Darren, you get the Baron Corbin sign card. He called me racist because that's what the guy says to me. He's exactly rapido. Me, rapido. I'm just impersonating what he said. Me, rapido. So, anyway, let's get into uh, SmackDown today. Um, they did the opening like Saturday night's main event once again. I don't have any problem with it. You know, it's 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 fine what it does. Um, <laughs> I know, I know. Rapido. Uh, let's get this done rapido. Uh, you know, under day. So, it's funny. I uh, Let's just move on. Let's give him the Roberto treatment. Roberto. So we have SmackDown open up with AJ Styles versus Grand Metalik. Was is Jerry Lawler racist for saying saying it like that? Grand Metalik, Grand Metalik, me rapido. Tell me what's the difference. Anyway, um, no, they're not haterade. They're just fucking with me, Jody. They're all good people, man. They're all good people. Uh so oh, shout out to Mish. Wrestling Soup, Mish is here tonight. Mish, if you hear this, we got to talk some business. We got to talk some business for 2021. Um, And also, for everyone out there, you are invited once again. I mentioned this on Wednesday, and I'm mentioning here it again. Tomorrow night, from 9 p.m. to 11 p.m., we have, oh, well, this is probably better if I do it like this, Talking Shopamania. If you enjoyed the Southpaw Championship Wrestling skits that WWE was doing, they are going to be taking that and putting it on steroids. There is going to be a lot of adult language, a lot of adult humor, a lot of, some some people may even call them overgrown adults. But one thing you will not be able to take away from this is it is going to be hilarious. It is going to be fun. Fuck you, Fight TV, for once again not giving me or the Donzilla Army any freebies to give out. They give freebies to everybody. Me. I got more people that tune into these shows than half of those shows combined. And nothing. Zero. Zilch. Because we're suckers. We're going to actually pay for it. This would be the last time I pay for it, fight. But no, it's $14.95 well spent, everyone. And, you know, just to give a little bit of a memory. Remember Sex Ferguson? Chad, too bad. I know what you're all going to say right now. You know, they're doing the boner yard match. Because remember, they were part of the boneyard match. They're doing the boner yard match. I know a lot of you probably say, wait a minute. Did WWE trademark Sex Ferguson, Chad Too Bad? Apparently not. I guess not. Um, but then again, did WWE... Well, WWE really did sell the Southpaw shirts, but I, I tell you, um, I'm really looking forward to this. But for those that are interested, tomorrow night, you know, we game on Discord. I don't know. I don't know if you've ever heard of those games. You don't know Jack or Jackbox or Murder Party, blah blah blah. We do that every Saturday now, and you know, last week we were played for four hours. So every single one of you, I don't care if you live in Zimbabwe, I don't care if you live in California, I don't care if you live in Italy, I don't care if you live in Iran, I don't care if you live in Jersey, I don't care where you live. You are invited. All you need to do is just log into our Discord. 
and have a browser. Firefox, Chrome, Edge, Edge. You don't have to install any software. Just show up in the chat room, 9 p.m. Eastern, tomorrow night, and we're going to play. And we might actually do a watch along. I don't know if we're going to record it. I thought about it because of people like, eh, you know, we say some really horrible stuff when we game this stuff. We joke on each other. I don't know if we want other people seeing that publicly. But um, uh, you're all invited. So we may actually watch the Talk shop mania tomorrow and game at the same time. And I'll be honest with you, I'm probably going to record it. And then, but I'll keep it unlisted. And then if Mish and everybody else approves and says, yeah, no, that's cool. We could, we could release it, let everybody see it. Then I'll post it for everybody to watch. Because a lot of you have been asking about watch-alongs. I definitely want to do some watch-alongs. Just got to organize everything. Um, I will tell everybody out there that the original idea of me doing a baseball podcast, that's not happening. First week of baseball is in the books. To me, it sucks. And I have a real bad feeling that the season is going to be canceled early because of COVID. You don't understand. You all understand, but you don't understand. I know that doesn't make sense, but I'll make my point. All of us non-blue check marks that we live paycheck to paycheck for some people, unemployment checked, unemployment checked. And I'm not saying that to be funny, but for all of us out there who are just regular Tom, Dick, and Harrys, we understand how serious it is to wear a mask, social distance, you know, use a sanitizer, clean, don't cough or sneeze in anybody's faces, don't be around strangers. These people with blue check marks, they will never, not everybody, but a lot of them will never get the memo. I saw the NFL make all these guidelines about you can't go to parties, you can't do this, you can't do that. And I agree, I agree. In a way, that's a violation of our rights as U.S. citizens. But you had all of these players opt out. I'm not doing that. I'm not adhering to that. They think they're supermen. They think they're invincible. They are millionaires and multi-millionaires, you know, and they think that they're bigger and better than all of us. That's why the Saudi Arabia thing, while everybody else sensationalized it and made it sound like they were all about to be beheaded in Saudi Arabia, me, I looked at it as blue check marks inconvenienced. Fox News, CNN, MSNBC, CBS, ABC, PICS, I don't even think they're around anymore. WB, I don't think they're around anymore. None of them covered the WWE story. Can you imagine all of these Americans in Saudi Arabia held against their will? You, not, you, none of them covered it. That should have told you right then and there. Okay, something about this story doesn't add up. Blue check marks were so inconvenienced, they were having panic attacks. That's why blue check marks are still accusing WWE of doing that stuff because to us, you know, it's like the grind. You go to motor vehicles, you got to stand in line for two hours, it sucks. You want to drive to your family's house on a Sunday and you're stuck in bumper to bumper traffic for an hour and a half. It sucks. You want to go right now to a grocery store and because of the social distance, you might have to wait in line with 30 people on your line. It sucks. I went and got COVID tested on Monday. I put a few seconds of footage on Twitter and I had to sit in the car while all these other cars were in front of me waiting. And I waited a while. It took me two hours. It sucks. All of them 
Oh, I'll just fly on my own private jet. Oh, well, I could just pay someone else to go to motor vehicle for me. Oh, well, you know, I, I don't really even need to worry about stuff like this. And the minute they have to wait in Starbucks for 10 minutes, they get panic attacks. They forget. You saw when those NXT, the NXT, that's starting to, it started to wear on them. They were getting acclimated into WWE. Not the wrestling style, but once they were forced to wear masks, you saw what was happening. You'd have, you. how many times did you see this? You see this, the sitting at ringside NXT wrestlers for Raw or SmackDown, and then they do this. I know people have to wear it for eight hours. They go take a leak. They take the mask off, put a little water on their face. These people are so inconvenienced. So baseball, I, I'm not interested this year. Next year, different story. So what do I do with Tuesdays? I think I'm going to make a call-in show for Tuesdays. You all want to call in, talk about whatever you want to talk about, do some Q&A, get into some things that I'd like to get on till Mondays, but I can't, or Wednesdays that I can't, maybe do a little previews for T Impact Wrestling or AEW, NXT. So I think I'm going to, oh, the PC is air-conditioned soup, and they have the fans, and they're using the virtual setup on the top. They put, I think, the green screens on the top, and they're virtual doing it so you don't see the fans anymore. Um, it's It's not... You know, look, it's not 50 degrees in there or 72 degrees, but it's not 110 degrees either. And not for nothing. You know, you when you see the Von Erichs, God rest their soul, because there's only one left. When you see the Von Erichs, when he used to fight at the Sportatorium or the Fabulous Freebirds or Ric Flair or anyone else, you know, when they talk about memories at the Sportatorium, they talk about, wow, I remember wrestling the Von Erichs. Oh, I remember wrestling Terry Bam Bam, Gordy God rest his soul. I remember Fritz. You don't see the first words out of their mouth. It was fucking hot. It was 200 degrees. I couldn't even breathe. I, everybody, all you smelled was armpits. To Down the line, they'll mention that, but their memories are in the ring. So... You mean to tell me if the WWE's wrestlers or the NXT wrestlers are wrestling and it's 81 degrees out there? That's what I have to say about that. That's what I have to say about that. You wrestle outdoors. Oh, let's do SummerSlam outside. It's going to be 90 degrees, 92 degrees outside. What are you going to do? Have dr drones with fans? Are you going to turn the drones upside down and let the fan blades? Oh, oh, I feel that air. Yes, I did pass gas. Getting a little, I, These people are so inconvenienced. That's why, honestly, even though WWE is smart in the business decisions, decisions that they made, which I've said, I also, when I see the numbers dwindling lower and lower and lower, um, I I don't call Becky uh, a Bailey Dos Straps or Sasha Two Belts Banks. I call them both Becky Too Much. 
Sasha too much. It's too much. Honestly, did I give a shit that Nikki Cross was fighting Bailey? Te- like you thought after they built this storyline for months that now they have all the belts. You thought Nikki Cross was going to take one of those belts a week later? <laughs> Are you kidding me? I think everybody was tuning in to see if Alexa Bliss was going to cause Nikki Cross the match, which was something we all thought about. Nikki Cross, you know, you've you've heard this before. Dana Brooke has done it. She's done it. You know, I've wrestled for 10 years. I got my family watching me every week, and I, I keep losing, and I, I wrestled for 10 years. It's my time, and I need to win the belt for my family. I'm a fucking wrestling fan. I'm sick of seeing you on TV. I absolutely love Nikki Cross's character. I want to see her possibly get sick and twisted and join Bray Wyatt. Mix it up a little bit. Reinvent herself. Maybe you do, you know, some type of a mixed tag. I don't know. Just because I'm sick of something on TV doesn't mean I don't like it. My favorite food is eggplant parmesan. When I was a kid... On Sunday, once a month, twice a month, my mom would make lasagna, eggplant parmesan, pasta gulagia. You know, I, I loved it. It's the equivalent of, you know, blowing a load these days. Ken terminated by DQ. He doesn't think I even hear Gary Hart, God rest soul, about the brutal temperature. Yeah, excellent point. Excellent point. All of these people sucked it up. ECW. I was a diehard ECW fan from 93 to the end. I even got the privilege of working for them, just pushing tickets, but worked for them for the last year. And you walked into ECW Arena. If you ever saw Mike Johnson up close, just picture that baked in the oven at 410 degrees without deodorant for two hours. Now multiply that by 900. Do you ever hear, and, and I say this with respect now, Mike Johnson, Gabe Sapolsky, everybody else, all, all the, the straw hat guy, everybody. Do you, when they reminisce about ECW, do you ever hear come out of their mouth, couldn't breathe in there, all I smelled was armpits. Oh my God, did you smell this guy? He smelled like what a dead horse smells like. Well, how do you know what a dead horse smells like? Well, you know, I heard a dead horse smells like. Nobody ever bitched. We constantly drank too much soda and too much beer, and it sucked because I lived in New York. So when you travel from Philly back, we always had to stop at the diner along the highway, you know, to take a pee, you know, maybe stretch our legs or this and that. Nobody complained. Nobody complained. So, you know, when you tell me about NXT or the performance that they're being air-conditioned, you know, my God, you look at AEW with Daily Center, whatever, Daily's Place, whatever it is, you see that backdrop open, and I know it's a beautiful visual, but right now in the summertime for a lot of you out there, you're hanging out in your yard, and it's hot and it's humid. Then out of nowhere, you feel this quick breeze just for a few seconds, and you're just like this. It's almost like when you rub a dog's chest. You're just like in in Paris. That that's you could see that on TV. Like those wrestlers, you get that little burst of wind. That must feel so good. 
but they're not like baking it in an oven at 200 degrees, pour some gravy on me. They're, they're not inconvenienced. And even if it was 80 degrees in the performance center, they're not having Ric Flair 60-minute Ironman matches, you know? So, yeah, it is freaking hot. I, I The air conditioner is off right now. I have it set to 73. I usually set it to 68 or 69 in here only because the heat from the lights, even though 68, 69 sounds really cold, but the heat from the lights kind of offsets that extra coolness. So right now, even though it's stopped at 73, I feel hot as hell. The lights in here are not fun. But if you're enjoying this, that's all that matters. So um, again, so my point is, once again, I love Nikki Cross's character. It's not the maniac what she was before because I think they wanted to drift away from mental illness, you know, because that was kind of like she's mentally screwy. You know, she's not screaming. She still does a little bit, but she's more animated, you know, than anything. But I would love to see the character change. But all of this Bailey, Bailey, Sasha, Lexi, Lexi, Nikki, Bailey, Sasha, Lexi, Lexi, Bailey, you know, it's like what I said before. You know, those were my favorite foods that my mom used to make. Ma, what are we having for dinner? Lasagna. Now, if she gave me that every fucking week, week after week after week, and not only do I get it every Sunday, but now I get it every Monday, and I get it every Friday, and sometimes I get it every Wednesday. Oh, what are we having for dinner tonight? Lasagna. All right. Wednesday, what are we having for dinner? You know, I was thinking, um, maybe I'll have lasagna. Ah, oh, yeah, all right. Friday. Oh, what are we going to have for dinner? You know, I was going to make um, maybe uh, a little meatballs and lasagna. After a while, even though it's your favorite stuff, you're like, Ma, please, no more fucking lasagna for a little while. That's what's going on with Nikki Cross getting this title shot. You just teased this storyline that Alexa Bliss might turn on Nikki Cross, because Nikki Cross kind of cheated to get the win last week. You do no cheating this week. So you you leave me with just the feeling like, okay, what the fuck was that last week? She still lost, you know? God, that's all my family. Not interested. Not Bailey door straps. Bailey too much. Sasha, two belts. Sasha, too much. Too much too much and the ratings show it lowest ratings in the history of wwe i joked monday when i said watch raw is going to be not dos straps dos lowest and it ended up being dos lowest it was the second lowest raw in its history what does that say to you you mean to tell me all the little kids out there that used that always love Bailey and Sasha are just not interested anymore? Is there fucking a SpongeBob reunion going on on Mondays that they find something else to do? Did COVID strike their televisions? That the the TV every time they tune it in, instead of hearing you know Bailey's music, you hear, <coughs> you know where's all the kids? All the guys out there that used to, you know, be attracted to them and obsessed with them. Where are they on Mondays? Where are they in the main event? What are they what are they doing? So, you know, 
when it's the lowest ratings and the second lowest ratings and the third lowest ratings, and then you got Vince on his conference call, whoa, we need the live fans back in the tents. You know, everything's about live fans. You give me a hot, steamy pile of shit, you put all the live fans, what's the excuse last year? When Seth Rollins, and I'm not singling him out, but he happened to be the focal point. Yes, King Corbin and Lacey Evans was involved in it too, and the man. He was the man's man. But what was the excuse last year, before COVID? Last year, we had the lowest ratings of Raw in history. Fans were in attendance. What was the excuse then? What was the excuse the year before? Oh, we need to build new stars. You had two years. Where's, where's the new stars? Where's the excuse? Where's the huge grapefruits? Well, we have Roman Reigns home, and we got this person home, and this person here, and this person here. Telling you, that's why I kind of like the ratings being this bad. Because when it gets into critical... See, you got to understand something. I've been a wrestling fan since 1979. I remember the Monday Night Wars. I remember, and anybody who was a fan in the 90s will vouch for me on this one. I remember, what's up, King Merc? I remember in the 90s watching Raw and Nitro. And at 11 p.m., 11.05, I'd watch Nitro again. I'd watch Nitro the first hour. Then I'd watch Raw for two hours. And then I'd go back and I'd watch Nitro, what I missed, or I'd want to see the first hour again and watch again. But Tuesday, Tuesday, unfortunately, we didn't have Twitter. But Tuesday, we would go on our favorite wrestling website. I didn't launch my website until 99 or 2000. 2000, I think. But on Tuesdays, during the Monday Night Wars, we would reload OneWrestling.com. We would reload some other websites at the time and reload, reload, reload. And then the ratings would come out. Nitro, 3.8. Raw, 3.6. And that was something we looked at. When you see everybody reloading on Wednesday, uh, Thursday, I should say at 4 o'clock, looking for that NXT AEW ratings, that's what exactly what we used to do in the 90s. And that's why, like I say, when everybody talks about, oh, this feels like you know, uh, with NXT and AEW, oh, this feels like the, the 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 Monday Night Wars during the Attitude Era. No, 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 no. It feels like 1995, way before Attitude. 1995, WWF Raw was taped. Nitro was live. Two hours, two hours. Then, or in fact, I even think Raw was only an hour at some points. Or maybe Nitro was an hour. But it was, Nitro was live, Raw was taped. Then you started getting a little bit of the bullshit. And then, you know, everything just, you know, dropped the gloves and it turned into a war. And eventually, you know, it, do I ever think attitude is going to come back? No, not on that level. Never again, because social media, there's too many um, SJWs, cancer culture. There's too many groups out there that you would be fighting with that would be on a vendetta to shut your product down. It will never be on that point. They will tease it, but they'll never do it. And that is good to a certain extent. Let me let me give you an example. I just thought of this now. 
right? Me, I'm a heterosexual guy. So I'll use me as an example, all right? I want, I'm, I'm hanging out with this girl, having fun with her, getting to know her. I want to hit the home run, say it nicely. And she's teasing, but she, she won't go all the way. And, you know, I feel she's worth it. So I wait. I wait a week. She's teasing. Doesn't go all the way. I wait two weeks. Teasing. I wait a month. She's teasing. Teasing. Like, just, I got to have it. But she never gives it. Two, three months go by. She's still teasing, teasing, teasing. She's pretending, and then she stops. After a while, go fucking tease somebody else. So if, if you think attitude's going to come back, what I think we will possibly get, they'll tease attitude, but you'll never get it. Perfect example, that segment that I keep bringing up, Alexa Bliss. Remember when she had a top off and the production guy, I think it was Raw, it might have been, and the production guy came into a room and she's like, go back, go Google the date that that episode of Raw aired. Then I want you to do a Twitter search for that night and the next day and look at all of the rejects online that's, that started reporting news that WWE is bringing attitude back and they're starting slowly with Alexa Bliss teasing that she's topless. Just go back and watch that, and you'll have a you'll you'll have a really good laugh at that. You know they stopped that quickly, but you keep teasing, keep teasing, keep teasing. What was that video game? Finish him. You know what was that? Mortal Kombat. You know after a couple of months, like I want to hear the Mortal Kombat like yell at her in the background. Finish him. They're gonna tease, but they ain't gonna do it. No way. No way. Mortal Kombat, yes. Seriously, I should have I should have had the soundtrack with that. You know, I was, it, it, I I don't I'm not thinking of any specific person in my life back in the day, but seriously, you just want to hear it in the background. Finish him. By the way, speaking of piped in stuff, you know, I'm not going to start doing this today. <laughs> <laughs> You know why I'm doing this? What the hell was that tonight with WWE piping in that extra crowd reaction? Go back and look at AJ Styles when after he beat Grand Metalik, and then he kind of like goes after uh, what the fuck's his face, um, uh, Lince Dorado. Something tells me we're going to see AJ Styles and Lynch Dorado next week. Maybe they announced it tonight, but when AJ Styles was being a heel at the very end, they kept playing the same boo. This is what you kept hearing. If you just picture it being a boo, this is what you heard. That's what they were doing. Go back and watch it. In fact, I, I might even, on my social media, I'll post the, the link. It's It did not work for me tonight. It did not work for me. The ratings are not going to go up simply because, hey, I could hear people, but I can't see them. My speakers seem to be really pissed off at AJ Styles, but it's just they're, they're, they're throwing shit on the wall right now, hoping something will stick. Isn't it funny? Let's do the greatest wrestling match of all time. Let's hype it up as the greatest wrestling match of all time 
And then instead of spoofing it, you actually pipe in, this is awesome, blah, 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 and all this shit. Instead of just improving the storylines, giving better, you know, uh, a variety of what we're seeing on TV, no, let's just do extra promos. Oh, let's just do piped-in noise. That'll fix it. Yeah, that'll fix it. That's like me if I'm trying to lose weight. And I say, you know what? Let me turn the scale back 20 pounds negative. And yeah, there it goes. It fixed. Look, I lost weight. There's no crowds there. Just because I... And the worst part about it is there's a lot of people that really like AJ Styles that don't like Grand Metalik and probably would not boo AJ Styles during that. So not only are you piping in fake fucking noise, you're piping in the noise that you wanted to portray. Not everybody fucking boos AJ Styles. So when I see that forced agenda, no, turns me off, man. Did not like it at all. AJ Styles beats Grand Metalik. Not a bad match, um, but I think we knew what the outcome was going to be. Now let's see what happens next week. Wouldn't be surprised if it's Lynch Dorado versus AJ Styles. Um, I think even last week I said that I thought it was going to be a very good match. Grand Metalik is very talented. Lynch Dorado is very talented. But unfortunately, the way WWE's used them over the years, they're a novelty act. I seriously, I, I, I actually, through my TV, I want to hit one of them and see Candy come down. Because they used to bring out that pinata with them to the ring. Like, oh, hey, Grand Metalik. Candy. They have not made them, taken them seriously ever. And I'm supposed to care? I'm supposed to care? What are you going to do? Pipe in 60,000 fans going, Metalik, Metalik. Oh, yo, yo, did you see Metalik? Yeah, he's on a momentum. Stupid. Jeff Hardy comes out, cuts a promo, defeated one of his demons. Then, I don't know if you, any of you felt this way, but I did. As Jeff Hardy is cutting his promo, and I'm not going to repeat myself in detail, but I've been saying it since week one. I had no problem with the storyline because it was more of a public service announcement for people battling addiction that you can confront your temptations and resist and you can overcome. That's what it was about. And that's exactly how it ended up. So I'm fine with it. But as Jeff Hardy was cutting his promo today, I, without looking at WWE.com, I don't know if any of you did this, but as he's cutting his promo, I'm saying to myself, what heel could come out and confront him next? And, and well, I, I thought Cesaro. I said, oh, you know, Cesaro would actually be pretty cool, but he's a tag team champion right now, so I don't think it'll be him. Then I was like, well, maybe Morrison could come out, and Morrison could crack jokes, and maybe Morrison and Jeff Hardy could have a little feud. No, but they kind of like doing everything with Miz, and Miz is doing something with Big E. So then we get fucking Clown Corbin coming out. That shows you how thin this roster is. I actually sat there and said, who could come out? Who, 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 who could come out? And it was Clown Corbin. Who gives a shit? And then he gets jumped by Gulak, so that sets up the impromptu match. And Corbin beats Gulak. There was no way Corbin was going to lose today unless Riddle 
you know, uh, distracted him enough, and you do the the typical, oh, you know, Corbin is distracted. Gulak rolls him up, gets the cheap win, and Corbin is even angrier. They didn't do that route. They have to incorporate the king's ransom. So instead, we get um, one fall. Corbin is one of the top heels on SmackDown, but that's by default. All right, that's by default. Okay, ever since the Seth Rollins stuff from last year, ever since his clowning on social media, the storyline with Roman Reigns and the dog food, you know, Corbin has improved. I'll I'll say this. Baron Corbin has improved significantly over the last two to three years. You look at Baron Corbin two to three years ago, the one thing, and I'm giving him a compliment right now, The one thing that I think, even if you despise him like I do, the one thing that you have to give him credit for is confidence. He comes out and it feels like he's got a confidence that he knows he can say what he wants to say. May not be the best. He knows he can actually handle himself in the ring. He has better ring presence. So there's no question... Corbin is definitely improved. But, you know, it gets to a point where it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how much he improves. It's still Corbin. You got a piece of spam. You know, this cheap meat that you buy in a supermarket for 89 cents. Cheap meat. It's garbage. It's spam. It's for poor people or camping trips. It's actually good when you fry it with eggs on a camping trip. But, you know, after a while, when the company of spam is like, you know, we got to really try to, like, boost this up a little bit. You know, you could add additional spices. No one improves spam. What is it going to do? It's still spam in the end. Corbin will always be spam. You might add a little bit of seasoning to it. Maybe you kind of present it a little bit nicer. You know, maybe you make the label look a little bit better. But in the end, as soon as you put it in your mouth, it's spam. That's what Corbin is. Corbin is Corbin works hard, but he's still Corbin. And when Corbin came out, you realize they don't have much for Jeff Hardy right now. They use Jeff Hardy to segue to Corbin, to segue to Gulak, to segue to Riddle, to segue to Shorty, I need a couple of G's. That's what they did. That's how they put it together. And to be honest with you, if you look at it like that, they actually did a pretty good job with that. It segued one to the other, to the other, to the other, to the other. But after everything is said and done, who's Jeff Hardy really feuding with right now? Nobody. I think when Chad Gable fails, I think Corbin attacks him and Gable is right back to where he was before. Riddle still has to have his match with Corbin and beat him at SummerSlam. So really, what are you left with today? You know, Corbin is wrestling Gulak. Decent match, did not go long. Riddle's music hits. Corbin gets a little bit distracted, but Corbin still ends up getting the upper hand, hits the end of days for the win. After the match, Matt Riddle jumps Baron Corbin, starts beating on him, and then Shorty G gets involved, and Shorty G attacks Riddle. Again, I think this sets up Riddle versus Shorty G next week. In the end, Riddle wins. Corbin front. Riddle win. 
Corbin, fr Corbin frustrated, G with no G, and G go back to Shorty G. I hope they change it back to Chad Gable, but uh, may, you know what? Maybe it'll change it. I, I know this is going to sound dumb, but since they use a Chad too bad for the uh, you know Gals and Anderson thing tomorrow night, wouldn't be surprised. Oh, we can't just have one Chad, so we'll call him Chad Gable again. So the name, when people think Chad, they'll think of Gable and not too bad. Don't be. Don't think that that's so outrageous. Would not surprise me, but Shorty G, put it this way: it would be stupid for them to call him Shorty G next week. I wouldn't be surprised if Baron Corbin says to him, you're not Shorty G, you're Chad Gable. You could beat Riddle. Take the bounty. Take the ransom. You know, so it wouldn't surprise me if they call him Chad Gable next week, but after he loses, then what? Not only did he lose, not only did he not get the bounty or the king's ransom, but he doesn't even have his shorty anymore. Shorty is no longer shorty. So anyway, that's that. Big E versus Miz. Morrison gets ejected halfway through the match. As I said early on, um, I really enjoyed this match for the simple reason that they let Big E and Miz go. They let this match tell a story. Too many times in the past, from Strowman to Ryback to Rowan, you know, any big guy, real big guy, you know, uh, they will have them win squashes. Doesn't even matter who's in who they're in the ring with. Two or three minutes. They did that with Strowman and Morrison not too long ago. So the fact that they let Big E go longer and let people see what he can do, and not only that, that builds confidence for Big E. You know, people seem to think that Big E was always involved in a clique, even back in NXT days. Big E actually did pretty good by himself also. But this builds confidence that, you know, you stay in a tag team or a group for long enough, you know, you adapt to that. And that's not easy to just turn it off like that. A lot of instinct is tag team wrestling. So I loved that they let the match go longer. I loved that he did the, the, uh, the fucking the stretch muffler, the Brock lock, as I call it. And uh, good, he got the win. Did not hurt Miz in any way, shape, or form. If anything, Miz, you know, really did did good. Big E looked great. Looked very, very strong in this match. Let's see where it goes next. Just keep in mind what I said last week. The storyline with Kofi is he'll be back in six weeks. They got five weeks left to try to push this with Big E a little bit. Because if they don't maximize this five weeks from now when Kofi comes back, what happens? Are they going to do something where Kofi is ready to team up with Big E again? And Big E's like, no, I'm on my own now. You know? I'm on my own now. But um, seriously, so they got five weeks to really do something with this. I still think we might see a Big E versus AJ Styles matchup in the very near future. I'm telling you, I, I feel it. I think I said that last week. And, you know, he he definitely, tonight was good. If anything from SmackDown tonight, other than the end with Bray and Alexa Bliss, I really enjoyed 
Biggie's match tonight. So, uh, Sheamus, you could see they have nothing for him at the present moment. That you know he he should have never taken on Jeff in the bar, the bear, because he's fighting in his environment. So now he's going to take it out on the SmackDown roster. Um, we've heard that on Raw. We've heard that in NXT. I'm going to take it out on the roster. I'm gonna take, well, who said that on Raw recently? He said that on Raw. I'm going to take it out on the roster. He did it on NXT. I'm going to take it out on the roster. I think Karrion Cross said it. I'm going to take it out on the NXT roster. Every every promotion, every brand has done that. I'm going to take it out on the roster. In other words, I don't have anything right now. But but Karrion Cross the exception because you knew they were going to go with him and uh, and Keith Lee, which I'm definitely looking forward to. So um, so much for Rapido, Rapido, Rapido. Naomi beats Lacey Evans. Everybody looking to tweet fuck because of that hashtag stuff. She got a win. You know, Lacey Evans, you know, they had to turn her heel. You know, I, I don't like it. But again, WWE does not want to go there with military, doesn't want to go there with politics, doesn't want to go there with authority, law enforcement. Um, so they did what they did. It was a it was a very fast match, but um it was all right. It was okay. Uh, I just wish people would stop using Canadian destroyers. I know they look cool as fuck. And trust me, you know, I, I actually would love to, like, try to do it with my uh, body pillow inside one day. But we just saw that horrendous shit with Diamante and Hikaroshita. Then we see something of this sort tonight with Naomi and Lacey Evans. Please... You know, too much of this Canadian destroyer stuff. I'm getting gas just thinking about it. But um, I'm walking on holy ground? In what way? Well, Canadian destroyer, is that why? Uh, I just, look, you know, just do what you do. You know, you don't need to pull something out of the bed. There's no fans that go, oh, shit. You know, or there's a... Explain to me why the NXT fans around Raw and, and SmackDown ringside never chant this is awesome. Is that like a banned phrase now? Seriously. Have, have you, I mean, I know we heard it in the Edge-Orton match, but have you heard it at all in recent memory? Not, nothing is awesome to them? Everything is caca? I don't know. Just something I thought about today. Uh, next... Mandy Rose, Otis, they were going to go for a walk. Apparently, they have not seen each other or hung out with each other in this 95 weeks that, you know, have been apart since the... The last we saw, really, was them in the pool, fantasizing, and then nothing. You know, I, look, Sonya Deville, she has turned it up a notch. She has shown that she could talk. She has shown that she could walk the walk as well. But you can't take the storyline, pause it for a month and a half, and then press play again. And you, you ever do that with a movie? Turn the movie on. You watch about a third of it through. You pause it. Oh, I got to put the laundry in the dryer. So you pause it, you go in the other room, you put the wash in the dryer, the phone rings. Now you're on the phone for a half hour. Then you realize the dryer is obviously, you take the clothes out of the dryer. 
Then the doorbell rings and UPS is outside and they just delivered your, you know, your your favorite, I don't know, toy. You take it out of the package, you realize you don't have batteries, so you go to the store and you buy batteries. You come back, you kind of like, you know, break it in a little bit. Then you're a little bit hungry, you go eat something. And now it's like a whole bunch of time later and you go back in the room and you realize the movie's on pause. And what do you do after all that time? Gotta fucking watch it all over again. That's what this storyline feels like. You know, you can't have, you know, Sonia Deville, you ruined my life. I'm gonna kick you, but I'm gonna slap myself too at the same time. You can't do a storyline, in my opinion, of ruining someone's life and for four weeks, you ruined my life a month ago. A month ago. You it's you cannot you it has to be consistent i don't care covid or no covid you know you, you don't do something like that i just uh, yeah i'm giving myself a spanking i'm gonna have a little bruise there tomorrow but seriously you know i like sonia deville mandy rose storyline but when shit happens that's it you know that this this ship has sailed what this tells me what I said about a month ago. You remember those two words I said about Sonia Deville? What's next? What's next? You take away the Mandy Rose storyline. What is what does she have? For the last six months, you take away Mandy Rose out of this equation. What is what does she have? Nothing. Dolph Ziggler's not even on SmackDown anymore. She's old for a lonesome. You ruined my life. You can't just pause that. That's why it's hard to get back into this. And again, I have sung so much praise for Sonya Deville. So for big Sonya Deville fans out there, remember that and don't bash me for this. But, you know, when you are yelling and screaming, threatening to cut someone's hair off with a razor, you ruin my life, I'm going to ruin your life, but let me slap myself so the kicks make sound and it's on visible on TV. This was pre-recorded. If, if I was a producer, I'd have been like, you, you can't be doing slaps. You, you, you're trying to rip, her, to rip her heart out. You're trying to destroy, you're trying to almost murder her. You know? I mean, if, if I got somebody in a headlock and I'm trying to literally injure the person and I'm squeezing against the temple, am I going to just like move my arm out of the way? Because it, it, it's hitting the temple. I don't like it. The segment was excellent. But that little spot and then the Otis thing. Go back and watch what I was talking about with this. I know people with audio only, my apologies before, but this, go, go look at that. It, it looks so so corny, so corny. And this is things that I take notice of. And then, you, and then Tucker, the, that's the best, Tucker. He's, he's looking at Miz and Morrison, and they're just cracking jokes and insults. And he's just looking. And after they're done... Stop! Leave! You already fucking left, you goof. Ah, it's half an hour, August 1st. I'm not supposed to say that word. So, main event time. Bailey beats Nikki Cross. My family. I've been arrested in 10 years. My family, I keep losing. Um, big deal. We all watched that match to see what was going to happen at the end. When the match ended, 
and Bailey won so uneventful. This is exactly what happened with yours truly. I set this up about a half hour, 45 minutes before I go live. And as soon as Raw ends or AEW ends, NXT ends or SmackDown ends, I turn the TV off or I leave it on and I come in here and I get ready to go. So when Bailey pinned Nikki Cross, I looked at Alexa Bliss and I realized she ain't turning. She didn't cost in a match. She didn't swerve her. She didn't do nothing. This is how it's going off the air. I'm like, talk about a wet fart. So I start walking in this room. Then I hear in the background the stuff with The Fiend. So I go right back inside, and we got The Fiend teasing Alexa Bliss, Mandible Claw. You know, this all fits in with Braun. I'm going to play mind games with Braun. I'm going to get to Alexa Bliss. His best BFF or BMF, whatever you would call her. BFF? Is that what you would call her? Yeah. My family. I kind of sound like a, a, a Drew McIntyre. You know, I got the Kramo. I got the feet. My family watching. I lose. I got to win for my family. We all got to win for our family, Nikki. We've all got to win for our family. I do this because I want to get married and have a family. It's not impressive. I need to do this for my family. What the fuck you think we do it for? For pride? Pride? No. Everybody does it for good reasons. You know, special. And look, it's not her fault. Please don't get mad at me. This is the storyline. Yeah, Nikki, the story is, you know, you've been wrestling 10 years and, you know, your family, you know, watches you and you got family at home and you you, you got to do it for them and should, you got to win this for yourself and I got to, I need this. Lexi, I need this, Lexi. I need this. We all need it, motherfucker. It's COVID. We all need shit. You know, inconvenience, blue check mark you. So, yeah, I was looking for a heel turn, but we didn't get it. But remember what I said when I opened this show tonight. I would love to see what I said two years ago. Nikki Cross, join up with Bray Wyatt. Totally reinvent her. She could be under his spell, a trance. Not Papa Shango voodoo, but he, she could just fall for it. And she goes to the dark side. And this could set up a feud with Nick and Lexi. And this incorporates Bray and Braun. I wouldn't mind it. Why not? I mean, do, you know, would you have an objection with Bray Wyatt, you know, having a sister Abigail or just having a fee? They don't have to call her sister Abigail. She could be Nikki Cross. What's happening to Nikki? Maybe Nikki slowly transforms. Maybe Nikki starts getting a little comatose. She's not lively you know something is off with her and you know they that's up that's their challenge to do they're the ones that get paid wwe wants to pay me a couple of bucks i have tons of ideas that i think would work but you know but it, you know but hey if 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 nikki cross joined bray wyatt at least we wouldn't have to worry we wouldn't have to hear anymore i need to do this for my family i got family back at home and this is your family now. 
Anyway, I thought SmackDown was not a bad show. If you look at the matches, not all that spectacular. Doesn't it's not solid. You know, you look at matches. You know, Big E versus The Miz is probably the one that stood out the most. You know, look, I'm a taking guy. And, yeah, I joke a little bit about Sasha's lisp a little bit. And her promo's always the same. And what I notice also about her promos now is she always makes mistakes in her promos. She always makes mistakes. You ever notice that with Sasha Banks? And I say this lightheartedly. When she makes mistakes, like she'll say something like, you know, we are the best of this company. No, wait. We are the best of this universe. Like, like she'll always say a sentence and then she'll take it back and then say hi. Like, you know, I'm going to have a sip. No, wait. I'm going to have a slug. She does that on every promo. Stephanie thinks that that we we run this whole damn show. No, we run this whole damn company. She always makes the mistake. You just watch that next time. Nine time, nine promos out of ten, she does that. She'll make a sentence, and then she'll pull it back, and she'll make it bigger. You know, I gotta take a, I gotta do a number two. No, wait, I gotta do a number one and a number two. I'm going to give away this Nia Jax card. No, wait. I'm going to give both these Nia. She always does that. Go go watch. You see what I'm talking about. Man, I could use a 40, even though I'm not a beer drinker. So anyway, again, tomorrow, Talking Shopping Mania. I, I honestly think you all should tune in. I think you will laugh your ass off, and it's $14.99. You're not breaking the bank with that. I think it's worth it. Um, in fact, I... You know, I shouldn't be saying this publicly. Um, Roberto, go on another podcast, man. I told you, you want to get my attention? There's a little dollar sign below. I know you try hard to try to, like, mess with me. And I say this joking around. But, uh, you know, anyway. I know sometimes, I don't want to say where, but I know some of our friends, when they uh, when there's a pay-per-view, on TV, online, they will put up streaming links where you could watch it for nothing. So if you pass by tomorrow, there is a good chance that you'll be able to watch it for free. Not trying to screw anybody over. I'm not putting no bogus links up, but I do know that there's others that do it. So if you're around tomorrow, hang out. We'll have some fun. Chris Jericho actually gave it a plug today. And Chris Jericho said, and I quote, uh, hey, it's Chris Jericho, Le Champion. You know the guy who some consider to be the greatest of all time? Well, if you want to see something that is guaranteed to be the worst thing of all time, then check out Talking Shopamania on August 1st, run by these two jackoffs, Gallows and Anderson. You know, the guys that screwed me and the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega took the big money offer up in the Fed, then two days later were jobbed out worse than silent Brian McNey before they were shown the door and kicked out on their asses. Now they're reduced to this. Talk Shopamania. Freight Train, Rory Fox, Frank Coverdale, top name draws for sure. And then the main event, the Mizane event. Sex Ferguson, Chad Too Bad, pieces of shit all around. And he's joking about all of this. He actually was giving them a plug. It's going to be, what was that when Morocco would say? I'm so bad. I'm so good. It's going to be so bad. 
it's going to be so good. I'm telling you, I, I, I think this is going to be a hell of a lot of fun. It's going to be guys just hanging out and just goofing off on each other. Speaking of pay-per-views, I don't know if this is a typo. So far, it seems that it is not. WWE has added another pay-per-view to their schedule. As of this afternoon, payback has been added. And it and do you want to know when this is scheduled? Again, it could be a typo, but right now it is scheduled to air one week after SummerSlam. One week after the SummerSlam, the Summerfest. By the way, I think, you know, when I do the history show today, I think it's the anniversary of the Summerfest. I think so. Wasn't it Jeremy Piven that said the Summerfest? Remember Ken Jong Leong Bong, whatever his name is? He got dumped on his head, concussion. One of my favorite mo- guest host moments in WWE history. Those two clowns made that episode of Raw so unenjoyable for me when Cena threw him and he landed on his fucking head. I swear to God, I think I had an erection. A men- mental erection. Wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So we'll get it. We'll do a little bit of history in a moment. We'll do a little contest as well. Like I said, you could choose one of these cards or you could take the three shirt package, any shirt you want. Could be all AEW. Could be all Jason Solomonster. Could be me. It could be anything. You could have one me, one WWE, one AEW. I could whatever you want. You could have one of these. You could have one of these. Um I don't know if Adam Lay said the Summerfest. I, I don't think so. I mean, I've been doing shows since the fucking nineties. I and I would think that I would remember if Adam Lay said the Summerfest. I don't know. Could could have, could have. But um so We'll, we'll find out. Maybe I'll know by Monday if uh, that pay-per-view is still good. That's an awfully quick payback. You have SummerSlam and then a week later, payback. You know? I don't know. We'll see what happens. Oh, shit. By the way, you saw the picture in the preview for today. Eddie Kingston was allowed uh, to sign with AEW. Um, I talked about this last week. People should have been, first and foremost, trying to find out from NWA if he was still under contract or if they go were going to let him out of his contract. He is no longer under contract with NWA. He has signed a deal with AEW. So Eddie Kingston is officially now part of AEW. Now, remember what I said Wednesday. We have not seen anything with Matt Cardona yet. We haven't seen Matt is all elite. So I still am going with what I thought Wednesday. Matt Cardona teams up with Cody this coming Wednesday. They have a little bit of a a faux pas, a little dissension, maybe during the match or after the match. And then the following week, it's Cody versus Matt Cardona for the TNT title. Then we see if Matt Cardona is all elite. You know, so until you see... Till you see the Matt Cardona is all elite. I wouldn't say that he signed to a deal yet. That's how AEW announces these things. When they put the banner, blah, 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 is all elite. Then that's what we'll know. But I am very happy Fetty Kingston. He gets to show an even bigger fan base what he can do, what he says. I know a lot of you out there already know what he can do. 
but still, he is uh, definitely deserving of this, and that's why I don't think he would have been a good fit for WWE in any way, shape, or form. Um, Eddie Kingston's got to be close to 40. I, I would say f- about 38 to 40. Might even be a little bit past 40. Um, I would say 38. And, and you know what? Some people are saying, uh, Jeremiah, I've been calling Jason Solomonster, Solomonster for years. He and I have had some good laughs over it as well. It's just that's how I talk sometimes. See, when I say I have ideas... If you listen to it, ideas uh, sounds like it spells like I D A I D E A R S ideas, like ears ideas. So it's just the way I talk. So, but um, anyway, uh, before we get into the history stuff, really quick, let's get into these quarter hour ratings for AEW and NXT. I think you'll find it very interesting. Um, let me give you this week first. Then I'll quickly go through next week because a couple of things you should really... You know what? Let me go through next last week quicker, and then I'll do this week, and I'll show you why I'm a little concerned about Moxley. I'll tell you why. It could be just one-off, but I'll tell you why I'm a little concerned. Last week, when we didn't have the numbers, last week, um, Cody versus Eddie Kingston. Now, do you remember when... Tony Khan tweeted and said that that quarter hour did over a million views. Well, it ends up it's not true. There was a, a point during that quarter hour where it went over a million, but the overall quarter did not go over a million. You, they were monitoring it for like a minute or two of the 15 minutes. It went over a million, but overall it wasn't a million, so they did not get the million viewers that they were bragging. But still impressive when I get into this. So check this out. Cody versus Eddie Kingston opened up Dynamite with 905,000 viewers. That is impressive. The Moxley promo and then MJF versus Griff Garrison dropped all the way down to 811,000 viewers. That is a disappointment. Britt Baker and Taz's promos from last week and then Ricky Starks and Brian Cage attacking Darby Allin. That jumped all the way back up to 892,000 viewers. Now, you may say to me, wow, they dropped almost 100,000 viewers and then gained it right back after, you know, that that quarter hour. What was going up against that on the NXT side? Everize versus Brazango, and it only had done 600,000 viewers. So either 130,000 fans in the second quarter of wrestling last week all got up to take a shit and had to change the channel before doing so. That is very interesting. But again, Moxley had almost 100,000 fan drop. And that was against Everrise and Brazongo that also had a drop. Young Bucks versus The Butcher and The Blade, they did have the highest quarter of last week. The overall quarter was 912,000 viewers, almost identical to Cody versus Eddie Kingston. So when they really tried to stand it out with the Young Bucks and Butcher and Blade, it was only 7,000 viewer difference. The Lance Archer promo, Diamante versus Ivelisse, dropped down to only 887, which is extremely strong. Adam Page versus Five. Remember when I said when Five is on, I take a number two for three? A lot of people did that because it went down almost 90,000 viewers. That dropped all the way down to 806. 
Uh, the ending of Adam Page versus Five and then the entrances for the main event, that dropped all the way down to 749. And the main event last week of Chris Jericho and Jake Hager versus Jurassic Express only did 799. So their main event was over 100,000 less than when they opened. That's interesting. On the NXT side, this is disappointing. Dexter Loomis versus Killian Dane and William Regal's announcement about Keith Lee's title, that only did 633,000 viewers. Everrise versus Brazango dropped down to 602. Aaliyah versus Shotzi Blackheart went back up to 632, so it was pretty much the same as the opener. Gargano versus Bronson Reed versus Roderick Strong dropped to 616,000 viewers. Fans, for some reason, are not into Gargano matches. If you actually, it really depends on who his opponent is. You'll see why I say that in a minute. Gargano, Reed, and Roderick Strong's finish got up to 650, but that's still disappointing. Timothy Thatcher versus Oni Larkin. You remember when I said that the NXT fans seem much more lively than what real fans would be? That dropped all the way down to 588. It was the lowest quarter of the entire night, which we all figured it would. The Robert Stone segment with Mercedes Martinez joining him, that only went up to 599. And in the main event, let's tell it like it is, the main event of Karrion Cross versus Dominic Dijakovic only did 602,000 viewers. That is disappointing, to say the least. Now we go to this week. And here's very gets very interesting. The Inner Circle versus Best Friends Jurassic Express and Orange Cassidy only opened with 718,000 viewers. Almost 200,000 viewers less than last week. The end of the 10-man tag and then the match with Cody versus Warhorse went up to 721. Cody versus Warhorse did a bigger rating than the Inner Circle versus Best Friends Jurassic Express and Orange Cassidy. Orange Cassidy is extremely popular, but let's tell it like it is. Every quarter hour that has involved Orange Cassidy for the last month has been very disappointing. Nobody wants to say that. It's unpopular to say, but the numbers are there. Cody versus Wars, the end of it, Matt Cardona's debut, jumped up to 805,000 viewers. Pretty nice jump. The contract signing of FTR, and then you had the Dark Order versus Hangman Page and Kenny Omega. That jumped up slightly to 832. The end of the Dark Order versus Page and Omega match and the, the segment that involved the Young Bucks and FTR when they did that whole break apart, you know, with the Dark Order, that jumped up to 878,000 viewers, the highest part of the night. So one thing you could say for sure, the Young Bucks are generating some of the biggest ratings AEW has. Hikaru Shida versus Diamante dropped down to 790, which is still impressive. MJF's interview dropped to 720, little disappointing. And here's the kicker. Moxley and Darby Allen versus Brian Cage and Ricky Starks was only 721,000 viewers. Almost the lowest of the night. Very interesting. On the NXT side, all you Io Shirai fans out there should be very happy her match, teaming up with Tegan Knox versus Dakota Kai and Candice LeRae, opened with 8.53. They had 100, over 100,000 more people watching their match than Jericho, The Inner Circle, Jurassic Express, Best Friends, Orange Cassidy. Problem is, they couldn't keep the viewers. 
the next quarter, which was Adam Cole, Pat McAfee segment, and Roderick Strong and Jardin Gargano, that dropped to 778. Almost an 80,000 viewer drop. And then the remainder of Gargano Strong's match dropped down to 706. So that match in itself almost dropped 150,000 viewers. Again, Gargano match, it really depends on who he faces. The Undisputed Era segment, Shotzi Blackheart versus Mercedes Martinez dropped to 703. Keith Lee's promo, the um, confrontation with Karrion Cross, Imperium versus Everise, that dropped down to 698. The ratings just keep going down. Imperium and the Undisputed Era angle, and then Bronson Reed's package dropped down to 662. Isaiah Swerve Scott versus Jake Atlas dropped all the way down to 611. And Finn Balor versus Dexter Loomis versus Timothy Thatcher only increased to 671. So almost the whole night, NXT just kept going down, 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 down. Right at the end, it went up a little bit. So it gives you a little bit of an idea of what is attracting what. You know, look, like I said, Karen Cross is so new there. It's just just planted. It's got to sprout. There's people out there that would will say right now, put the belt on him, put him in the Hall of Fame, retire. He's he's defuse. Let's take a little chill pill. Got to develop because it's not drawing in ratings yet. So, but um, but I have no fear because, like I've said before, you look at the rosters. There are some big names that are developing quite nicely. Just right now, they have not equated to ratings. Sooner or later, they will. Absolutely. So, with that said, let's do the history show. But before that, I have to pay a little tribute. Uh, A lot of people in the United States probably have no idea who he is, but it is this man, um, the original Black Tiger. Uh, And people overseas, I'm telling you, you have no idea how big this guy was in pro wrestling. Rollerball Rocco, Mark Rocco, passed away at the age of 69. When you, if you were into Dynamite Kid, Chris Benoit, early Chris Jericho, you know, that type of wrestling style, after I'm done here, go on YouTube and search Mark Rocco, Rollerball Rocco versus Dynamite Kid from 1980, 45 years ago. Watch that match. It'll creep you out how much the Dynamite Kid looked like maybe a 1994 ECW Chris Benoit or even a WCW Chris Benoit, just in the looks and the style. But you'll really see how good this guy was. Put it this way, Tiger Mask, one of the greatest wrestlers, mask wrestlers of all time. Tiger Mask has always used to say that Mark Rocco was his best opponent. That says a lot because Tiger Mask is one of the elites out there. But he died at the age 69. He actually wrestled for a very short period of time in the United States. He had about a 20-year career. Um, And, you know, I was doing a little bit of research to get some specifics on him, and I did not realize this. When he retired in 1991, it was after he had a match with Fit Finley. That same Fit Finley. He was in the dressing room and he collapsed. And he was suffering from pain in his back and his kidneys. Um, he had a match against Squire Dave Taylor the night before. And they diagnosed him with a heart condition. 
and forced to, he had to force to retire from pro wrestling. So this guy, like I said, in the United States, a lot of people probably hardly have ever heard of him. I think TNA, when they did that gut check challenge in the UK, I think he was mentioned a few times at the time. In fact, I do remember clearly Hogan. When Hogan was part of TNA and he went overseas to plug TNA in the UK, he was name-dropping Rollerball Rocco a few times. Some people have said that he, he fought Hogan maybe around 79 when Hogan was in the WWF. But I'm telling you, overseas, this guy was one of the biggest names to come out of wrestling. Um, I mean, it's just, you You see, you, if you follow other wrestlers, web, web uh, social media, if you haven't seen it right yet, this weekend you will see a flurry, a plethora of tributes posted to this man. Again, if you're into the high-flying, the old-school British Bulldogs, Chris Jericho, Chris Benoit, you know, just to name a few, Eddie Guerrero. You know, I'm not saying that Rollerball Rocco was a mentor of all of them, but you see what this guy used to do. Um, absolutely phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. And then when you actually do some research, you know, it's a shame because there's people out there will cut and paste you know, I, I don't want to bring up the errors that some people made about this guy's career. You realize they were just cutting and pasting of this guy. But, um, you know, it, it's, it is a storied career. He hasn't wrestled in 30 years. That's why so many really probably don't know much about him. But uh, uber, uber talented. That guy didn't have to retire at that time. I honestly think he would have been in WCW at minimum in the mid-90s. Very possible in the mid-90s. Because that would have been 25 years ago. And he would have been 44. He could still go. He, he should have been, he could have still gone. But yeah, go go check it out. You'll, you'll find some fascinating stuff. But that match against Dynamite Kid from 1980 is flat out awesome. It is awesome. So... So now, with that said, let's get into the history segment. We'll call it a night. You know, like I said, these history segments now are condensed quite a bit. Um, who wrote this earlier? Uh, Willis Wheeler. Vince is lost without Roman Reigns. Well, you know, Roman Reigns is not going to help Raw right now. And on SmackDown, he would help one storyline. He's not the focal point of the entire night. It's the overall writing. It's the overall product. The overall product is just not not all that good. Um, some oh shit. Oh no, wait. I did did. Oh yeah, you know what? I still got it over here. Yeah, cassette classics. Gem in ten. They be dealing. Yeah, with the Baron Corbin. Yeah, I tore that up before. I tore that up before. All right, well, you know what What I'm realizing is we might end up going like two or three minutes over on this, but we're going to get into this history very quickly, and then we'll do the trivia contest. And when I put the trivia contest up, the first person that gets the answer right will win the choice of prizes. Um, don't type yet because you don't know what the question is yet, but let's get into some of this. We'll go from left to right, and let's... You know, just briefly recap, this all happened this week in wrestling history. Some sad, obviously, 
but a lot of moments that you may have never seen before, you may you want to see again. Unfortunately, this week in 2015, Roddy Piper passed away at the age of 61. That is the screenshot from the tribute from Raw that night. Can't believe it's already five years. You look at the backdrop of here, you know, what I do over here. Look at that. On the left is an authentic Roddy Piper shirt before he even went to the WWF. Got They Live over there, one of my favorite movies of all time, and a little tribute to Roddy Piper. That's been there for forever. So I absolutely love love his work. So five years already. Now you see that little spray-painted DX, and you see the Vince. This was the time where Shawn Michaels and Triple H were doing a DX you know, revisiting DX and doing all those skits, spray painting, quote unquote, WWE headquarters, doing the Vince I Love Cock storyline. Well, unfortunately, DX spray painting everything got a little bit too far because also this week in 2006, there was big investigations going on in New Hampshire. A bunch of 20 year olds were going around the neighborhood spray painting everything DX spray painting buildings, spray painting, I think, ambulances, and uh, they ended up getting arrested. And uh, I think it was three weeks after this that WWE did the headquarters segment where they kind of like put the vinyl wrap and then uh, they started gradually weeding away from it. So underneath the DX, you see Eddie Guerrero, Brian Hildebrand, God rest his soul, and Chris Jericho. Um, unfortunately, this week... In 99, he, Brian Hildebrand was battling stomach cancer and he needed to cover medical expenses and unfortunately he only died a few weeks after this benefit show. This week, uh, they raised $20,000 for a charity wrestling in Philadelphia. What was so cool about this, something you rarely ever, ever saw, you had wrestlers from WCW, ECW and the WWF all appear on the same show at the same time. You had Jericho beating Terry Taylor. Mankind, Jericho was part of WC, no, yeah, I think he was, was he already? I think he was already in WC, I think, no, I don't think he was in WWF yet. I don't think so. But even, even that, whether Jericho was there or not, Mankind beat Al Snow and D'Lo Brown. Eddie Guerrero, who was still in WCW, was part of the LWO. He beat Billy Kidman and Sharkboy. Public Enemy wrestled on the card. Dominic DiNucci, uh, Bruno Sammartino made an appearance. They raised 20000 tried to help him with medical expenses. Brian Hildebrand was very beloved by the wrestling community at that time. Very, very nice man. You might remember him in, uh, in WCW also as a referee. What was he, Pee Wee Moore? No, I don't think he was Pee Wee Moore. But anyway, God rest his soul. Um, 1989, to the right of that, USWA. That promotion was created this week in 89. You had World Class merge with Continental Wrestling Association, and they formed the USWA. So there you go. Underneath that, 1992, Ron Simmons beating Vader to win the WCW World Heavyweight Championship, becoming the first black heavyweight champion. You know, it's a shame when you look back and you realize that Ron Simmons did not hold the belt all that long, but uh, still, it was um, definitely a big part of wrestling history. And what school do you go to? Yeah, he. you know, this motherfucker just spent $7 
because to emphasize one of the moments that you will see on that screen, August 1st. Oh, shit. Props, man. He did it at exactly midnight. He did exactly midnight. Oh, it is now officially August 1st. And we could talk about that fucking goof, Tito Ortiz. He's not a goof now, but we'll, we'll get to that in a couple of minutes. But um, now the, the cool thing about Ron Simmons is that night, if I remember correctly, Sting was supposed to pit face Vader. But they did a storyline where Jake Roberts showed up on WCW and they did like a little lottery and Ron Simmons won the lottery, got the title shot, beat Vader. It was a huge moment in wrestling. But he didn't have the belt that long. I wish he would have held it longer at that time. So there you go. Um, Lance Storm, uh, it was this week in 2000 where he defeated Chavo Guerrero to win the Cruiserweight title. So he was now officially Lance three belts in WCW. He had the Cruiserweight title, the Hardcore title, and the United States title. Next to Roddy Piper, this week in 2002 on Monday Night Raw, you know, we know we had Goldust. We also had Stardust. Well, we had Mini Dust. And this was when Goldust and Booker T were a tag team doing those funny skits in the back. If you go watch the Raw from this week, 2002, you will see that segment of Goldust, Booker T, and Mini Dust. Next on the list, 1996, This Week in History, Great, great Sasuke defeated Ultimo Dragon to win the J-Crown tournament. And with that win, he also won, check this out, all at the same time. He won the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship, the NWA Junior Heavyweight Championship, the NWA World Walter Weight Championship, the War International Junior Heavyweight Championship, the UWA World Junior Light Heavyweight title, the WWA junior light heavyweight title, the British Commonwealth junior heavyweight title, and the WWF light heavyweight championship. And I, you know what? I think Rollerball Rocco might have been the WWF uh, light heavyweight champion as well. Didn't he beat Gran Hamada way back when? I think so. I think so. But, um, you know, it's funny. Whenever I see that picture of Ultimo Dragon with all the belts, I always envision... Imagine if this person in WWE held all the titles. Doesn't look the same, right? I don't know. I just I don't know. I just figured I'd share that. I know. All right. It's not as bad as it looks, but it was this week in 1982 that during his storyline with Jack Briscoe, Roddy Piper got stabbed. Somebody tried to stab him in the chest. That's how much heat. Roddy Piper was getting at that time. Uh, somebody uh, by the name of William Isom from South Carolina was charged with assault with a deadly weapon, funny, and, and with the intent of killing. And the interesting, interesting thing is two years ago I tried to find it. Last year I tried to find it. I don't think this guy ever, ever served time in jail. I don't know whatever happened with this. But if you do a little IntelliSearch, apparently he's still alive. But Roddy Piper only had, you know, it was almost like a flesh wound. And he showed up on uh, television for NWA Mid-Atlantic a couple of weeks later. And he kind of like mentioned it in a promo, but didn't. So this week in 2012, all the buzz on TMZ was Abraham Washington, who was managing uh, Titus O'Neil and Darren Young at the time. And I still remember it. 
you had Titus O'Neil in the ring, and he was doing that, you know, that hoo 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 And uh, don't ask me to do that again. And Abraham Washington, he's on the mic putting over his team, and he was talking about how um, Titus O'Neil was like Kobe Bryant at a hotel room in Colorado. He's unstoppable. And that was a reference to Kobe Bryant and the rape allegations. You know, Kobe Bryant is no longer with us. You know, God rest his soul. What a tragedy. But uh, that was big headlines. It's already been eight years, believe it or not. Eight years. August 1st. Here you go. What school do you go to? I wanted to play the promos, but I'm afraid of copyright strikes, so could not do that. And it looks like going to be a few minutes over time tonight. Don't have to worry about it too much, but I still think this is worth talking about. The August 1st storyline. At the time, the Aces and 0.8s was led by Bully Ray, and they were feuding with the main event, Mafia. Then we started getting these video vignettes, and they're still on YouTube if you look it up. And it was just a silhouette, black and white, and it's a, it's a scrambled voice, and it was basically saying, attention, Impact Wrestling and Spike TV, August 1st is coming. This is a warning. I do not work for Impact. I do not work for Spike TV, but I have a problem that needs to be solved. I am not a movement. I am out for personal justice. My identity will be revealed this Thursday, August 1st. And the vignettes kept going and going. All right, Motalka, one more time. (sighs) They kept going. Then somebody thought it was Batista. And um, I think he did one. He said, August 1st is coming. I'm not Dave Batista. He's a movie star now. We threw, if he threw, we threw down, he'd lose. See you Thursday. And he's, then he says, I am not a rock star like Chris Jericho. I make my living hurting people. And this was right smack in the middle when Bully Ray was trying to get me to go to Florida to basically put me in my place. For the, that was the feud that I was having. There's no issues anymore. But this August 1st warning was right in the middle of it. Tito Ortiz came out. And there was no reaction whatsoever. And I remember sending him a tweet and I said, look at this debut. You mean to tell me that this is what people want to see? Got no no reaction whatsoever. That's what it was. And the viewership dropped. But let's also remember this to give them a little credit. You know what their rating was for this August 1st debacle? They did one 0.25 million viewers, a million two hundred fifty thousand. So that's not that long ago. They were doing a million two, a million three at that time. So it gives you an idea as far as how far that promotion has fallen in such a short amount of time. But I'll never forget Lance Storm's tweet. I don't know if he still adds it up, but when Tito Ortiz came out, Lance Storm went on Twitter and wrote, and I quote. And the crowd goes mild. Hashtag not a typo. Because you usually hear people say, and the crowd goes wild. It was, and the crowd goes mild. So, August 1st. Man, what school you go to is funny, man. He put that super chat in at exactly midnight, August 1st. 
That is fucking awesome, man. That is awesome. Um, oh, somebody got the Podfather T-shirt. Okay, I'll, I'll definitely shout you out in a moment. Let's uh, continue with the history, and we'll get into this contest in a moment. So get ready, because it's coming very, very soon. Very soon. This week in 2004, PlayStation 2 was celebrating their 50th issue, and they were putting out four different covers of WWE Divas, and this was to set up the PlayStation 2 video game, SmackDown versus Raw. Now, what's interesting about it is these magazines have popped up on eBay from time to time, and as you can see, you see Trish Stratus on the cover. You see uh, Sable on the cover. You see Tori Wilson on the cover, but Stacey Keebler's cover, it, it, nobody could find it. There is no history of Stacy Keebler's cover ever even hitting the net. I have been on websites that sell back issues and have these issues. I've checked eBay. I've checked history. Nobody can find the issue that had Stacy Keebler on the cover. And yes, it was on sale. I don't know what happened, but I figured I'd share it. A little oddball tidbit that you might get a kick out of. So... Now we go to the top with Hogan. This week in 88, WWF had WrestleFest from Milwaukee. Uh, pretty cool card. The main event that night was Hulk Hogan being an Andre the Giant in a steel cage. And it was the only time they ever met in a, in a steel cage one-on-one. -on -one. And, um, you know, this was the same night also where the Ultimate Warrior beat Bobby Heenan in the, in the weasel suit match where Heenan had to put on the weasel suit. Demolition over the British Bulldogs. Jake the Snake Roberts and Rick Rude went at it. Macho Man over Ted DiBiase. It's a pretty cool card. If you've never seen WrestleFest 88, go check it out. Um, I want to give honorable mention to two events that also took place this week, but I did not have room to put them on the wall. Heat Wave 98, my favorite ECW pay-per-view of all time. RVD and Sabu versus Hayabusa and Jinzei Shinzaki remains one of my favorite matches. You go and you watch that pay-per-view, Heat Wave 98. It's one of those pay-per-views you can go from beginning to end, and it just has a wonderful flow to it. Really enjoyed that night. Uh, Balls Mahoney and Axel Rotten over the FBI. Just incredible over Jerry Lynn. Chris Candido with Tammy over Lance Storm. Masato Tanaka over Mike Awesome. As I said, RVD and Sabu over Hayabusa and Jinzei Shinzaiki, the retaining ECW tag titles. Taz over Bam Bam Bigelow in a false count anywhere match for the FTW heavyweight title, which is in possession of Brian Cage right now. And the main event, Tommy Dreamer, the Sandman, and Spike Dudley over the Dudleys, Big Dick, Devon, and uh, Bubba Ray um, in a street fight. Really fun pay-per-view. And we can't leave out 1995 ECW at Wrestlepalooza. Still my top five favorite all-time ECW matches that you probably have never seen. Go watch it. It's on the network, even though the music has changed. If you can find it on Video Motion, whatever it is, you'll love it ten times more. That day had Dean Malenko, Cactus Jack, and Two Cold Scorpio take on Eddie Guerrero and the Steiner Brothers in ECW. Still one of my favorite matches. There's a little bit of, you know, Eddie was a little bit greener at the time, so there was a little bit of, you know, botches here and there. But it's such a fun fucking match. And you can't even leave out um, 
Cactus teaming up with Tommy Dreamer early. This is right at the beginning of Cactus turning on Tommy Dreamer. And then that set up November to Remember, which was Dreamer, Terry Funk versus Raven and Cactus Jack. So I'm telling you, you will absolutely love that match. You will have it's it's a fun match to go check out. It's not gonna be one of your all-time favorites, but you'll watch it and you'll say to me, DT, I saw that match and it was a lot of fun. So all right. Let's continue, because we're almost done. Uh, next, we have Heart and Soul, SummerSlam, 1997. Get ready for the trivia contest. It has to do with SummerSlam 97. No, the trivia is not who debuted on SummerSlam, even though it was Michael Cole. But nope, that is not the trivia question. That pay-per-view had Goldust beating Brian Pillman, and as a result, Brian Pillman had to wear a dress on Raw. You had Steve Austin beat Owen Hart for the Intercontinental Championship. That is the match, unfortunately, with the pile driver that injured Steve Austin, and he would be out of action. His career was never the same, obviously. Bret Hart beat The Undertaker to win the WWF Championship, and if you remember, Shawn Michaels had the chair, and uh, wanted to hit Brett with it, but accidentally hit The Undertaker. And this led to Bret Hart being champion, which would lead to the screw job later on in 1997. So that happened this week as well. So now I have the trivia question. I have the chat room up. Like I said, you have a choice. You could either take this autographed Kevin Owens gold card. It is a gold card. It's only li- It's limited to 99 so you got that. Or you could have this Nia Jax signed card, which is only limited to 50. Uh, yeah, I guess we'll give away the Nia Jax kiss card if you want that. That is only limited to 25. Or this CM Punk UFC card. It's a big condition. It's a very thick card, by the way. And if you're not into autograph cards, you could have your choice of uh, three Look, I pulled Nia Jax randomly out of the box, Benjamin, so I don't expect the Nia Jax stuff to go, but hey, you never know. If you don't want any cards, you could have three wrestling shirts instead. Your choice, any promotion, any podcast. So here's the trivia question. The first person that gets this right will get the prize. I know this is going to go fast, but we're kind of short on time. So here it is. Steve Austin wrestled Owen Hart that night for the Intercontinental Championship. Now, Steve Austin did win and, you know, was champion, but I would have to relinquish the title because of his injury. So my trivia question to all of you is, what was the other stipulation in that match? What if Steve Austin lost? Let's see. I'm still waiting. If you... No, 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 no broken neck. Ah, there we go. Chats, I got it. Wow. Well, it, it, the stipulation was on Steve Austin's side. Chats, I got it. He got it. The stipulation was if Steve Austin lost that match, he was going to legit, he was going to kiss Owen Hart's ass. So that was the stipulation. Steve Austin would have kissed Owen Hart's bare ass if he lost that match. That is true. A lot of people don't know that, believe it or not. So, chat site, I, you know, you're on Patreon. 
this wasn't a Patreon contest, obviously. I don't want anybody to be like, boo, a Patreon won. But chat site, so, so I know you have ways of getting in touch with me. So you PM me, you let me know what you want, and then I'll let everybody know next week what you chose because if he chooses something else or the shirts, then these will be up for grabs another time. Trust me, I have cards that are worth hundreds. I have an autograph AJ Lee rookie card that's like worth like 600 bucks on eBay. So I got some pretty, you know, cool cards that will stop pulling them up here. They're just sitting in a box. Might as well give them away to all of you. You tune into these shows. You show me support. Like I said, you look around social media, especially. Whenever I plug any of my stuff, announcements, shows, you know, hype, you see so many people will just look the other way. And that's cool. That's cool because it shows the true colors of a lot of people out there. So I'd rather just share everything with you. I'll give you my 200%. I give away stuff wherever I can. You know, go over time. You know, even though I know YouTube's going to fuck this episode up because of the extra time, but, you know, it, this is the Donzel Army. Everybody tune in. I know that sounds a little goofy and everything, but, um, you know, we're all family. And, and that's something, you know, loyalty is, is big in my book. Loyalty, authenticity, and, um, you know, I just, it's, it's all good, everybody. So we'll give away another prize when, uh, next Wednesday, not this Wednesday. You know the deal with that. Um, I should have brought the Ivalice photo, the hat in here because a lot of you wanted to see that in person. The problem is I got boxer shorts on right now. I'm not going to lie. I wasn't going to wear, like, full clothes and sweat bullets, but I got inside. Man, I'll show you Wednesday. I'll definitely show you Wednesday. So let's finish up this history. So we only have a few things left, and they're definitely worth bringing up. So let me just cue this back up. All right. So now we move on down to what do we got here? Uh, we just did SummerSlam. All right. So you know what? Let's go to Hogan. Uh, not Hogan, superstar Billy Graham and Bruno San Martino was this week in 1977. They had one of the bloodiest matches in their rivalry. Happened in Madison Square Garden. Gorilla Monsoon was the referee. I think this is on the WWE Network. By chance, you know, I, it happened this week. I wanted to share with you. That is the first wrestling magazine I ever owned. I became a wrestling fan in 1979 as a little kid. I was not allowed to buy wrestling magazines until around 1982. And back then, Pro Wrestling Illustrated, The Wrestler, Inside Wrestling, you would be able to buy back issues through their magazine. They would have like pages and you could check off a box, you send in the money. And I remember, now remember, we're talking 1982, I bought these magazines. I remember buying about 10 magazines and I was just really infatuated with, like, superstar Billy Graham. And I was also a fan of Stuka. Backlund was champion already for about four years. But when I still remember the day, it was the summertime, 1982. I remember the day my mom, I was in my yard, and my mom says to me that, you know, you got this cardboard envelope, big envelope, just like the post office brought it, the postman. And I... Went inside, I had no idea what it was. It was a big, thick, brown envelope. And I opened it up, 10 wrestling magazines in there. 
and it went nuts. And like I said, you know, this is when I started learning about those pedophile pen pals. There was a, you go back and you look at some of these magazines from this, the late 70s, you will see there's one guy, there's an infamous guy, and I know the photo is online. I got to search it out and find it. There's one guy, he claims to be twin brothers. One of the brothers likes all the good guys, and the other brother looks likes all the bad guys. And it was a mirrored image of each other. Like, the head was pointing this way, and this picture in the head, it was the same person. And fucking inside wrestling, whatever it was, they printed it. The guy was about 35 or 40 years old, and he wants to be pen pals. And right next to him are like 8-year-old kids and 10-year-old kids. Got to go back and look at those. Man, I got to put that up for everybody out there. You know, look, nobody had a clue at that time what the motives were of some of these people. But you imagine 10-year-olds writing pen pals with 40-year-olds? Ooh, it was it was creepy, man. You go back and you see that. It's it's pretty wild, you know, but uh, I never heard any any crazy stories from that. So, all right. So that was... Uh, this week in 77, right underneath it, you had the Night of Legends. Smoky Mountain Wrestling took place in Knoxville, Tennessee. You see Cornette on the cover. You see Lance Storm and Chris Jericho. You might have heard of the infamous match where Chris Jericho bled like a pig. Bled, bled, bled. In fact, if you want to get Chris Jericho's attention on social media... You should look up the exact date that this Night of Legends event went down. It happened in 1994. Maybe somebody in the chat could go pull it up very quickly because it is the anniversary of this card. And Chris Jericho and Lance Storm, as the thrill seekers, beat the Heavenly Bodies in a street fight. And if you have never seen this match, you have to see the amount of blood spilled. I will guarantee you, and and you you know I don't exaggerate that much. I guarantee you that if you watch this match, you will come back to me and say, DT, as far as United States matches go, not Japan, you'll say this is probably top five or top three of the bloodiest matches you have ever seen. Okay, August 5th, 1994. So you go to Jericho's wall on August 5th and say, yo, man, I just saw today's the anniversary of your match with Lance Storm and Smoky Mountain when you you were bleeding profusely. He will, I guarantee he will comment about it. It is that, just watch the match. I'm not exaggerating. I never saw at that time somebody spill blood. Like when you see that wrestler uh, magazine with Bruno and Billy Graham and they call that the bloodiest match in history, this Jericho match makes it look like a joke. That's how much blood Jericho spilled in this match. 2005, we had Shawn Michaels, who had recently turned on Hulk Hogan. He was mocking Hogan. They did that infamous Larry King Live segment where Shawn Michaels pretended to be Hulk Hogan. That happened this week in 2005. The same week in 2005, Vince McMahon had announced that he had rehired Matt Hardy. Remember the whole situation with him and Edge? It was this week in 2006. Talk about going full circle from the good to the worst to the good again. It was this week in 2006 that CM Punk made his WWE in-ring debut, wrestled on ECW on Sci-Fi, beat Just Incredible. 
That same show, they had one of the worst matches in the history of WWE. If you've never seen it, go out of your way and watch it. Big Show versus Batista for the ECW Heavyweight Championship. It's not a bad match, but the crowd just owns it. Chanting same old shit, change the channel, change the channel. I mean, this is when Batista and Big Show have talked about this match on in interviews. If you've never seen it, go out of your way and see it. Trust me, you will you'll appreciate it. But let me also bring attention to another match. Honorable mention tonight, Ring of Honor. This week in 2006 had a match they called the Fight of the Century. Now, yeah, Edge, Randy Orton, they over-exaggerated. Greatest match ever, greatest wrestling match ever. Well, Ring of Honor had the fight of the century, and it was Samoa Joe versus Brian Danielson, Daniel Bryan, going to a one-hour time limit draw for the Ring of Honor heavyweight title. So if, you could, if you've never seen that match, I think you probably would really enjoy it. Samoa Joe versus Daniel Bryan, one-hour draw this week in 06. Top right corner, I know it's controversial, still top 10, my all-time favorite Raw moments. We had Taka Michinoku. People forget about the match. Taka Michinoku and Val Venus took on Dick Togo and Funaki. And then after everything went down, you know, Taka turned on Val Venus. They dragged him to the back, stripped him naked. I had to put the pixelated version up there for YouTube purposes. And uh, they did uh, choppy, choppy, your pee-pee. My God, what was it? What was he, Mr. Yamaguchi? Mr. Mr. Yamaguchi-san. I think that's who, what his name was. He died not too long ago. And I'll never forget, I choppy, choppy, your pee-pee. Now, somebody's going to call me racist, even though I just did it exactly like he said it. I choppy, choppy, your pee-pee. Oh, man. That, if you want to define attitude segments, non-wrestling-wise, in an in one clip, Mr. Yamaguchi-san, that sums it up. To me, that photo sums up how crazy WWF attitude got at that time. Year before, 1997, Lex Luger, on the 100th episode of Monday Nitro, beat Hollywood Hogan to win the WCW Heavyweight Championship. It was a big deal at the time. Really big deal. Um, problem is, is that Lex Luger only had the title, I think, for six or seven days. So, you know, it was a big moment on Nitro. And before you knew it, the title was off of him. It was just a hot shot, the rating. So it was like five, six days later, Lex Luger lost the title. He lost it back to Hogan. Underneath there, and I wish I could share this, but I don't want to get hit with a copy. Choppy, choppy, your beep-bee. Ha-ha. <laughs> uh, if you've never seen that, you're crazy. That's why I wanted to do these history segments a little bit, because there's so many moments nobody's going to ever bring up, and you're just going to pass by, and you're never going to see it. So, See Roddy Piper there with the bagpipes, dressed a little bit differently? It was this week in 1979, Roddy Piper made his WWF debut. I'm sure you have heard interviews. 
of Roddy Piper talking about how um, he felt he was sabotaged when he first came in, that they, sh- uh, I think Mr. Fuji or Freddie Blass, somebody shoved toilet paper inside his bagpipes. And um, his debut in a WWF is online. And it's funny because he plays the bagpipes, but he plays it horrendously on purpose. Very annoying. But if you want to see Roddy Piper before he really became famous in the WWF as a heel in 19... And it was weird. It was weird because if I remember correctly, the first match, he was a heel. Then he had a second match. And the second match, it was excellent. And he was getting cheered. And then he was gone. Telling you, it was gone. So, uh... Tungun, eh, I'm just being me. I don't think I'm that good with impressions. but So that was Piper. And last but not least for this week, got to put it up so you could see it. Lower right-hand corner, Jeff Hardy, Matt Hardy. It was this week in, what was it, 20? Was it 2017? Uh, yeah, 2017. We had the Hardys. They, ba- they battled the Revival. On Monday Night Raw, Scott Dawson and Dash Wilder. And after the match was over, um, Jeff Hardy said that he felt invigorated. Matt Hardy uh, felt good as well. And at the very end, Matt Hardy teased the broken character. And he said that, you know, uh, he says, I'm going to be woken. You might remember that when, when they did that. And that interview aired... On WWE.com, after Raw went off the air, it was one of those backstage interviews. They caught the Hardys in the back, and Matt Hardy was talking regular. And at the very end, he did the Woken, and then he did his laugh. You know, I, I'm not even going to try to do the laugh. I've never done it before. <laughs> he did it, and people on social media went nuts. Holy shit, because Impact Wrestling at the time did not allow or was giving threatening to sue for you know the broken eyes remember jeremy borash i think was still part of impact at the time so they did not want the 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 broken the broken universe you know the the broken hardies in doing that gimmick in wwe so they came to some agreement and at the very end of that little clip can't do Aflac tonight, Anthony. It's way too late. It's 12.30 in the morning over here, and my neighbors will freak out. I got to do it during the day. So, uh, look, like I said, I'm going to be debuting Tuesday show, the very near future, within two weeks, I would say. Just want to make it really worth everybody's while to tune in. Um, thinking call-ins, thinking Q&A, thinking, you know, maybe we'll move some of the content to Tuesdays. I don't want to oversaturate it, too. But obviously, you know, everybody keeps tuning in. You know, I'll keep banging these out as long as it doesn't interfere with my, you know, personal situation because I do work a full-time job. I got a relationship and I got two very, you know, I don't want to say ill parents, but two parents that are breaking down physically quite a bit. So that's why, like I've been teasing big changes in 2021, um, I have to streamline some things i have to cut down on the workload a little bit i don't mind doing something almost every day for all of you out there but i definitely need to trim it down 
you know, unfortunately, you know, when you have a full-time job and you have a relationship, I'm trying to get married and I got two parents that are not doing the greatest right now, you know, not trying to disrespect anybody out there, but they are my top priority. This is my out, you know, us, this is our fun. This is my hobbies and this is our fun. I will never ever give you a half-assed job over here, but I gotta balance it out a little bit better because I see podcasts out there and they try and they work really hard at it. And they really do try, I swear to God they do. But then, you know, because they don't have the number of viewers that they want or because it's not generating any types of fundage whatsoever. And then what'll happen? Oh, no show this week. Uh, and then, you know, the excuses that are being made are just nonsense. They're just ways to get out of doing it. And it does get very frustrating. Um, but, you know, like I said, the fact that you all enjoy this makes it beyond worthwhile for me. Um, I could be dead in my sleep. You guys are like, you know, like five cups of coffee, giving me energy, you know, having fun, being animated, you know, just not taking things too seriously. You know, I, I enjoy wrestling. It's not as good as what it used to be. It's kind of shitty right now, COVID or no COVID. We've been complaining about wrestling way before COVID, but you know, I'm going to try to enjoy it as much as I can. And I hope you do as well. So uh, Darren says, I'm doing it for the wrong reasons. No, man, I've been doing this stuff for 23 years. And I got to put, you know, yours truly top priority. You know, I, I do this for me and I do it for all of you. Case closed. Case closed. I always say to our Patreon family, and trust me when I say this, there's some patrons that are watching this right now live. If our Patreon family did not exist, there would be no Monday show right now. There would be. It would be gone. Um, or everything would be subscription only. So at this stage in the game, I have to enjoy what I'm doing. And I have to have fun with what I'm doing. And I needed a new challenge as well. And this was a gigantic challenge. And after six months, it seems to be, you know, getting easier to do. I give all the credit in the world from Jason's to the JD's to uh, to um, RCWR to Joe Cronin, uh, who have been doing this stuff here for years and years and years and years and years. Because, you know, I always knew the sausage making was a lot, but I never realized how much is involved with the sausage making. It's not just hit record, do a show, hit unrecord, and done. There's so much that goes on. So that's why some people get offended when I say that I treat like some of the shows like a business, but truly that's what it is. You know, it's, you really, if you treat it like, see, this is the thing people need to understand. And I'm just, I'll talk for two minutes and we'll get out of here. You know, and, and this may even give some people advice out there that have their own show, want to do their own show. All right. After doing audio only for 22 years and people not seeing the actual person, you know, I got very, very tired and bored of it. I got very frustrated that the picture that people painted of me was not me whatsoever. They just heard a voice. They tried to put things together 
they see a picture here and there and they think they know the person. But when you see someone, you see their eyes and it's, you, you know what I'm talking about. Um, so after all of those years, you know, I needed something to light a fire under my ass. Two, this has been going on for two, three years now. Two years ago, I thought, okay, I'll do a history show. All that research, pulling the clips, not only is it a huge challenge, but it gives me, you know, a chance to go back to my childhood and relive moments that I completely forgot about. Plus, it grew me as a wrestling fan because I got to appreciate some of the promotions back in the day that I never gave, gave a care for. Ring of Honor is a good example. I never watched Ring of Honor back in the day because I despised Gabe Sapolsky and some of the people in ROH. You know, now I go back and I realize how stupid am I for not appreciating the Samoa Joes and the Brian Danielsons and the Ameri uh, to the Sami Zayn's and Kevin Owens. And you can just go down the list. Jimmy Jacobs. There's so many. You know, and I just never took you know took advantage. I let other things get in the way. So I did the history show, and it was crazy the amount of work. But after you do it a year and a half, two years, you know, there's only so many times you keep reliving the same thing over and over again. So, no, I won't take my shirt off yet, Anthony. 15, 20 more pounds, I'll do it. Um, in fact, the other day I was going to jump in a pool with my phone into the pool and actually go on Twitter and just do it like it's goofy, just, but I didn't. I, I, I don't mind having some fun and being a little goofy here, but I don't want to make a total ass out of myself. But, um, so anyway... Getting back to the Monday show, all right? Um, I say, re not all the time, but I say a lot of times, especially on Patreon, that I treat the show on Monday like a business. I treat it like a business. It's not like this gigantic labor of love and I have so much fun. It, I treat it like a business. And the reason why I do that, and again, I, nobody should get upset at this. Take this as advice. When you treat something like a job, how many times you work in an office or store, any type of work, and you have to be at work at nine, and you wake up at, at 7.30, oh, let me hit the snooze bar, let me hit the snooze bar, and then after a couple of times, like, fuck, I gotta get up. I gotta get up. You can't just take days off. You might be able to call in sick once in a blue moon, but you have a job to do, you gotta do it. If wrestling sucks, you suck it up, and you're doing a show, you do it anyway. You don't just try to read spoilers and then pretend like you saw a show, but then when you get into match specifics and you don't know any of the, you know, like people will figure that out like this. I've seen podcasters, people I know, people I don't know, and you could bust them every time when they didn't actually watch something, but they're just reading spoilers and pretending like they saw it when they didn't. So when you treat it as a job, there's a responsibility to put in the hard work, to put in the research, to put stuff together. And when you do that, that makes you reliable. When you treat it as a job, and no matter what the situation is, no matter how happy or unhappy you are, if you do it as a job, you'll always put in the work, you'll always put in the effort. And what's great about it is if you're a wrestling fan, it becomes fun also. So when I say that I treat it like a job, it is a job, but also along the way it becomes fun because things happen in wrestling that they're unexpected things, you know. So that's that's what uh, that's how you got to do it. So 
Um, I know there's a few people, you know, that like to rag with me and there's a few people that can't stand me and there's a few people that, you know, despise that I moved on to video, but this shit ain't changing. My home is here. You know, I accommodate other people, hosts and listeners to, to accommodate them because it's the right thing to do. But the days of me just having to spoon feed everybody is no more. I have to worry about with this workload, with all this stuff, with video and everything, you know, it's too much. Something's got to give. So that's why I say when 2021 comes around, there's going to be new content, but it'll probably be shorter. Spread it out a little bit more. Um, some of the workload that I used to do, I'm not doing anymore. But, um, you know, one thing is for sure, uh, I ain't going nowhere. So unless until I physically can't do it anymore or there's personal things going on that prevent me from doing it, I'll always be here. And I thank you, as always, for the support. So, Chris, I don't think I'm the hardest person working in the game. But I will tell you, I am having a lot of fun. Hanging out with all of you here is a boatload of fun. And now we're doing game night on Saturday nights, which is fucking fun. You know, just ragging on each other and meeting some of you out there that I never met before. And then once COVID is over, you know, we'll be getting together, doing some get together. So there's a lot of things on the horizon. So, you know, I just want to thank you for the support. On the way out, if you enjoyed this episode, please give it a thumbs up. I'm going to say a little prayer tonight that YouTube puts this online quickly. Uh, oh, you know what? I wanted to put this up here, too. Since we talked about Matt Hardy and the Broken Hardys, Matt Hardy's got a new shirt on sale. This one I think I'm going to get. I don't, Well, no, it'd be better if I put it this way. Came out with a political shirt, and his shirt, and it's funny because you think to yourself, well, you know, could he possibly be sued for tra copyright because he's using Trump's name and Biden's name to make money off of it. I don't think they'll give him any hard time, but I think that's a pretty cool shirt, if I say so myself. Broken 2020. You know, it's funny, the other day MJF cut his promo, doing a little bit of political, you know, in his character, and people immediately compared it to EC3. Um, no, I did, Benjamin. I said earlier, no, I did. I said Hulk Hogan was feuding with HBK who had just turned on him and he was on did a Larry King live spoof and pretended to be Hulk Hogan. I did definitely did bring that up before. So I absolutely did. Um, but, you know, when MJF cut his promo the other day, people immediately like, oh, he's ripping off EC3. I got news for you. There's been promos over the years of wrestlers cutting promos and also acting like they're running for office. I remember Hogan did one that he was going to run for president. I think Jesse Ventura did. There's been at least 10 that I could think of where wrestlers cut promos during uh, presidential of ca uh, campaign season and they cut promos and they interject politics in their push and it usually involves a championship so when people rushed to try to compare mjf and say he's ripping off ec3 um trust me ec3 definitely took a little bit from people from yesteryear they weren't the innovators of bringing up 
you know, uh, politics or uh, bring it into integrating a presidential campaign in a promo. So anyway, everybody enjoy the weekend for my Patreon family Sunday. I will be doing an episode of blah, blah, blah. Uh, we're going to be doing pretty much call-ins for the whole episode. Uh, if you can't call in for technical reasons or you just, you know, don't want to talk. Um, I'll have the chat room and Discord open, and we could always communicate there. You know, you could always type in your questions. So that'll be open for everyone. And, um, you know, one thing on Patreon, every show that's on Patreon always has Q&As open for the VIPers and the elite. And I've been talking to a lot of you privately, asking, like, what should we add to the page? And there's been a couple of other ideas which I don't want to bring up now. But one thing people were saying is, you know, you should have at least one show where everybody could send in questions and comments. And blah, blah, blah is going to be that show. So from now on, blah, 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 I will do it. And it will be open to every person on Patreon, not just VIPers elite. Anthony, if you're going to be around Sunday, absolutely. I'm going to start sometime between 2 p.m. and 4 p.m. Eastern. And for anybody who's going to be like, oh, why that? Well, that's because we are, uh, almost half of our patrons live overseas. And they have, like, you on average, a six-hour time difference. So if it's 3 p.m. here in New York, it's 9 p.m. their time. I want to do a show where they don't have to tune in. If they want to tune in live, they don't have to do it at 4 o'clock in the morning. So that's the reason why... Um, I do it so. Uh, well, Anthony, you know, look, if if you get the means down the line, um, you could sign up Patreon for as little as two bucks. I mean, so it's not like we're trying to go for the jugular or anything like that. As little as two dollars, you know, gets you in, and usually everybody signs up five dollars or you know above if they want to be like a VIP or something like that. But you know, we'll definitely do that Sunday. So I hope everybody joins me. Patreon.com slash Don Tony. I don't plug it over here all that much because I know last year some people were complaining like, oh, he keeps plugging Patreon. Keeps plugging Patreon. And um, yeah, Patreon is critical. Without Patreon, you know, a lot of these shows would, would not be on right now. But but um, the thing is, is that I don't want these shows to just be an advertisement for Patreon. That's why I stopped plugging it as, uh, as much as I do, so... All right, everybody, I am uh, out of here. Jody, if you go to patreon.com slash Don Tony, it explains in detail everything that you get, everything that's available. You know, it's not only, you know, my shows. Kev Castle does a solo show. He does a show also with a friend of his. I don't think there's much wrestling involved. It's more like music and movies. I do a show at Mish every other week. We do contests on there. Um, you get commercial-free episodes of every show that I do. From here, Monday, Wednesday, pay-per-view week, everything is commercial-free there. You even get commercial-free on the video stuff, too. So, uh, yeah. you know, it, And you know what I always tell everybody? Look, if you sign up for a month and you really don't like it, if you PM me and you're like, DT, look, I signed up and I'm really not feeling it, I don't like it, I refund your money. I've done that at least 10 times over the last couple of years. So, you know, I keep, uh, 
I keep things, you know, very hands-on over there. So, but all right, everybody, I'm rambling. So your next time you see me here on video will be Monday, even though I was going to take Monday off, but you know what's going to happen. If I take Monday off, there won't be any show Monday. So I will be here. That's why, you see, treat it like a job, you know, you show up. You always show up. So I'll be here Monday once again. Uh, if you enjoy the show, give it a thumbs up. Keep spreading the word. And I again, I'm going to say a little prayer tonight that uh, YouTube puts the uh, first hour up quickly because anything over two hours gets all this extra processing and it's a nightmare. So tonight we had a lot of fun. So we went over time. It's all good. So... Much love, everybody. I'll catch you all again Monday. Ciao. Son, oh my. It was fun to channel surf. It was kind of hard to do a little pocket pool after you're hitting the last channel button 50 times for two hours plus. Son, oh my. And his whole idea of overanalyzing, oh, he's an alcoholic and he misplaced the belt. And how could you have someone champion like that? Get the fuck out of here. Wednesday night. Don, oh my. You can have fun. You really are. Worried about keeping up with your fave friends all summer? Or posting every perfectly pink sunset you see? Don't sweat the connect. You can have it made in the shade with four lines of unlimited data for $100 a month. Scroll the staycation pics, find your new go-to takeout spot, or catch some rays on video chat. Whatever you and the crew are into, all the data makes it all that much better. Smile. You're on Cricket. Cricket Core acquired on four lines. Data speed limited to three megabits per second. Cricket may slow data speeds when the network is busy. Additional fees, usage, and restrictions apply. You can go from I should start a podcast to actually starting a podcast with Spreaker. Spreaker's tools allow you to record, manage, distribute, and monetize any podcast idea, whether it's about your business or even your cat. And as your podcast grows, Spreaker helps you manage your success and even monetize it. That means all you need to get started is a microphone and a really good idea. Learn more and get 30% off at Spreaker.com slash get started. That's S-P-R-E-A-K-E-R dot com slash get started.